0: Hello everyone, I'm Thomas from Daft Punk.
1: Random Access Memories,
0: Daft Punk. Daft Punk and Thomas and Guy from Daft Punk.
1: There you go, Daft Punk. We assume that's Daft Punk under those helmets. Hello everyone, I'm Guy Manuel from Daft Punk.
0: Daft Punk mixes of Daft Punk. Daft Punk! Let's get back to, the, to Daft Punk. It was because of, you know, Daft Punk.
1: Daft Punk. Black. Welcome, robots, big and small, from around the world. It's time to get lucky. Just one more time. I'm going to add one more every, every week from now. Yeah, on. you should.
2: Just anything to pad out the episodes. Yeah, we need they've been, we did. they've been coming in a little short. Yeah, yeah. we need to get these longer. <laughs> I, this
1: is a live 2021 Adapt Punk podcast. I'm Andy Reid. I'm Darren. And I'm Devin Jetsky. And we are three best friends from Detroit that just can't get enough of talking about our three Frenchist robots. Our three Frenchist robots? Three robots? Oh my God! Well, the
2: technologic baby.
1: Yeah, I he's, it yeah, this he's week, in this one. Right? Yeah. I've
2: said it, I don't remember if I said it on the podcast, but truly the funniest thing that could happen during all of this is that they announced they're getting back together and they've added a third member. That would be great. That would I truly honestly, be nuts. I
1: cannot believe I just did that. I'm Folks, I'm sorry. There's only two of them.
2: You're thinking about the Blink-182 podcast we have, Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Blink-182 soon. About the
2: three most Californian. <laughs> the that. three most Californian
1: punk rockers in,
2: in the world.
1: <laughs> what a sad slog that what would be. A, yeah. Somebody listening to this is going like, to start looking up Blink-182 soon because they want to hear Blink- more <laughs> of us talking about music. We don't have a Blink-182 podcast, but what if we do? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's an album week. It's an, an album, album week. week. It's an album week. It is an album week. every but it's Daft not a week album. It's not a week album. It's an album week. Everyone's favorite Daft Punk album, Human After All. That's all we're talking about this week. That's it. 100%. Um, actually, probably their most uh, – Uh, what would you say? Their most misunderstood record – I most so divisive. so they're well, most divisive. That's divisive the
3: word. and polarizing is what I, I would say. I, I would I would speak about human after all in the same way that I'll speak about Nicolas Cage. Okay, I love me some Nicolas Cage. Yeah, but there are moments I just truly don't get. Yeah, and it's not bad. I just don't like that was a choice that they made. You know, and like there's a lot of those in this album.
1: And we'll get through it track yeah. by track. But like I think polarizing, polarizing, is the right word. Absolutely, they're most critically despised album right critics did not like this when it came out um i posit that uh a negative reaction was made possibly good for these guys in this moment yeah we talk about how uh these long stretches they took uh in their career not producing anything they had a 28 year career in in an 8 year span from human after all to random access memories they did this they did electroma they did the tour they revolutionized um, dance music live they did uh the score to tron and uh and they produced and they did random access memories yeah. that all of that is in an 8 year span within a 20 year career or 28 yeah. year career yep. so i think that them them uh hearing this the reaction to this record and then people and then they it almost drove them to uh to prove that they were these legends that everybody had said that they were before this moment. Yeah. Um uh I I don't think it's a, it, I don't think it's um uh a coincidence that the ne- from here the next eight years is is almost the majority of their body of work.
3: I, and I, I will talk more and more about the specific examples uh, throughout this album I'm sure as we get into it deeper and deeper but I think that what random access memories has is a okay what human after all has you know I've listened to it again four times in the last few days but in prep for this and it, there is a pretty bleak outlook. From from oh, yeah. from we'll the boys in that. this, but yeah. but I think that one of the things that I think that this does is, human after all is bleak without the nostalgic feel. Ram's not the the most optimistic album either. It just has a lot of nostalgia alongside of that, you know, that yeah. um, which I think is an important thing that we'll talk about as we move forward. Yeah. Um, but, but I do think that going from one more time, we're going to celebrate that big, happy dance floor, revolutionize the way that pop music will be, that dance music will be. Uh, And then going into something with a more bleak outlook on the world and on humanity, uh, you know, yeah, I get why people had a a, a more critical reaction to this.
2: It's it's a it's lyrically bleak, but it's also sonically anxious. It's like white knuckle gripping the album. And it's very interesting to go from the gloss and sheen of discovery, which is disco and cartoons and fun to this dark hard-edged gritty thing to just that laid-back hyper-produced but in-the-pocket you've, california sound of ram it's it's a great um,
1: trajectory you've talked about like wet um hi-hats and stuff yeah. in other music like it sounds like yeah it sounds like a splat this whole record is splat yeah. like they're just like like prime time of your life and and he, like they have this like this just wet muddy sound throughout the whole yeah. thing it sounds slushy and yeah and um the the lyrics and the the stuff that they're talking about is like uh um it they they are these pioneers of technology and they've always been champions of technology this is their record that says like hey Maybe technology isn't all good. That's right. what this album is. Yeah. So let, let's talk about it. But uh, before we get to the actual record, even though we've talked about it already extensively, uh, we got some, uh, uh, some more great fan mail this week. Uh, Robert Sagers is from Salt Lake City, Utah. I've been there before, Robert. Uh, it's a beautiful place, but I wish uh, your your beer was more potent. <laughs> you have to you have to drink way more beer in Salt Lake City to get to get drunk than uh, than other places of the world. That's true. Look it up. Uh, uh, but he he just messaged us uh, because he wanted to say he's a big fan. Um, he he says. I look forward to hearing every episode of Alive 2021 exactly like I would for The Mandalorian, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and any other show with a weekly rollout. Whenever I listen to you guys talk about Daft Punk, it feels just like I'm hanging out with the homies, except no one is secretly hoping that I shut up about Daft Punk. <laughs> we get that. We, we get, get that it. absolutely. We get that. He goes. He goes. In your latest episode, when you mentioned a Daft Punk safe word, I thought to myself that uh, that my girlfriend needs one of those too, because once I start talking about Daft Punk, I absolutely cannot stop talking about how great they are. Uh, I was, uh, so he's one of us. Robert, Robert's one of us. I, Robert, I was, I was, I was, uh, I was,
3: I was visiting my parents the other day, and I was talking. I, I, I convinced, uh, I convinced them to listen to Ram while we were working on something. I was, I was helping them with something. <laughs> my mom literally said to me, "Darren, I don't. I'm not trying." I'm not trying to offend you here, but do people try to get away from you while you're talking about Daft Punk? <laughs> as, very we, as we thing.
2: ease back into society, yeah. it's, going it's going to be an issue. it's gonna be weird. It's gonna yeah. be an issue.
1: Uh I got in, I got invited on a, a friend uh some of our friends streaming show last night and they um they specifically had me on to talk about this show uh on Boxed In with Friends. Uh, yeah. uh, if you look it up um some uh, Detroit comedians, great, hilarious group of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they do a, a biweekly show, uh, and I'm glad that they, uh, uh, with the expressed purpose to talk about Daft Punk, brought me on because that's all I talked about for a full half an hour yeah. with some friends that I haven't seen in 15 months. <laughs> <laughs> it is.
2: This is going to be a weird thing when we go back. Yeah,
1: people. Yeah, absolutely, Robert. Uh, uh, once we re-entered society, people are. Uh, uh, we're going to be right there with you. Uh, but he he uh, was born in ninety-nine. He said uh he was a big fan of them, um, but that random access memories like changed his life. Same uh but there it was a, a nice long message, he had some really nice things to say about us and about Daft Punk. And folks, we love hearing about our fans. Yeah, if you have and
2: also uh check out Robert's band uh Strawberry Cough.
1: Oh. Uh and if you are out there and you're loving the show and you love Daft Punk, we want to hear about it. We like to hear corrections we like to hear things we may have missed we like to hear cool anecdotes uh uh, we like to hear people's music if they're producing their own music we like to see people's fan art if they want to send us fan art uh if you are inspired to contact us in any way you can reach out at info at alive 2021.com or you can find us on facebook instagram all that all that kind of stuff uh connect with us uh that's one of one of the biggest joys of this show is connecting with daft punk fans of, uh, around the world so uh get in on the fun absolutely get in on the fun and maybe get yourself a t-shirt right darren Ooh. yeah get yourself a
3: t-shirt you deserve one
1: you just des- <laughs> you, <deserve one.
2: laughs> you go to our website you can get a t-shirt with the Deathpunk pyramid on it and it says two french robots. Yeah, two, not three. Two not three. That's the next shirt we're putting out. Yeah. Three french three robots. French robots.
1: <laughs> and it's Thomas and Gimon and Johnny 5 <laughs> from
3: Short Circuit. <laughs> 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 oh jeez.
1: Oh jeez. All right. Um you guys want to you guys want to talk about Human After All? Yeah, let's get into it. Oh yeah. Tomas Bengalter and Guy Manuel de Homem Cristo have never necessarily liked giving interviews, but early clips of them talking, just two teenagers embarking on a new journey and basking in the glow of watching the name Daft Punk enter the public consciousness, are charming to watch. Uh, as they gained traction and the novelty uh, of the whole media circus wore off, they quickly decided that that particular aspect of the job just did not interest them. Uh, They retreated from the public spotlight physically while trying to push the concept of their art project to the forefront. They obscured their faces with cheap Halloween costumes before creating the legendary brand uh, of the robot personas, effectively achieving their two biggest goals in one swoop, carving out their own permanent place in pop music history while also ensuring their private lives would always be their own. But even with the bots replacing the boys, Tomas and Guiman could not escape the pomp and circumstance that comes with being an internationally popular band. Even though they had successfully removed their faces from the public eye, they were still the guys behind those uh, robot masks and Daft Punk was in high demand. Tomás and Guimán estimated they gave more than 200 interviews during the Discovery press tour, speaking with journalists from all around the world. From the beginning of their careers to the release of Interstellar 5555, Daft Punk did about 350 interviews. It's a hell of a lot of talking for two guys that don't want to talk. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. there's three guys that love to talk. We've talked about Daft Punk more than they have. We have. To, like, during I mean, their entire career. It's quite possible. I'm sure like, to the press. Actually. To yeah.
2: themselves, I'm sure they've talked about Daft yeah. Punk. But we, to the press, we've talked it, about Daft Punk the, more than them.
1: By the end of this, I think that's, that, that's maybe going to be true. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That That's wild to think about. Uh, as we discussed in the Interstellar episode, our favorite French robots were feeling bogged down by a lot about the music industry at this particular moment in their lives. Their last album had taken years to produce, manipulating the granular details of every single second of every song with painstaking precision of a watchmaker. You know, just that guy in there setting those tiny gears. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, the music industry around them, uh, around this time had cynically embraced the reality show competitions that valued fame over talent and originality. Their legend was growing at the same time, so it was increasing the pressure uh, on them to put out more and produce more. And of course, the Monday chores, like giving interviews to do- dozens of music journalists, wasn't something that Gimon Gu- and Tomas wanted to do anymore. Remember that that love and the fun that we had about them doing those interviews around the discovery area yeah like them insisting that they were robots and like you they were having fun with it uh um when once you get to this part of their career uh um not human after all because they just straight up did not give interviews for this album but around they did uh, they did uh do a a press tour for electroma uh and, and they did talk to some journalists around there but you can start to hear boredom and exasperation in their voices uh and and they're kind of you can hear them struggling to answer those same questions over and over again so this is this is an interview they gave uh to icelandic tv uh, about electroma uh they are wearing uh black bags over their head like they're being abducted by the cia
0: (laughs) is it never strange for you to do interviews with these bags on your heads
1: it's, it's really strange. It's very It's,
0: strange. The, it's, <laughs> the, first it's the first time. And, uh, and these, these bags—it's not our ideas. It's definitely you know your ideas. But you usually protest. have masks. Yeah. Yes, but we don't do interviews usually. So you know, we sometimes when we do interviews, most of the time uh, we f- you know we find uh, creative ways to appear uh, on TV. But. Uh, here it was definitely the first time and maybe the last time that we'll <laughs> be doing interviews <laughs> but, with But can people ever think. expect to see your faces? Uh, it's no, no, I, I, no, no, they shouldn't expect it. I, I think it's, it's, it's like when I read a book, uh, I don't, I don't care to see the, the face of the person that wrote it. I think it's interesting, and we're not really uh, against uh, the, the the cult of personality, or I think an interaction with with faces in the media. And the whole point was just the ability to have a choice, to wanting to be famous or not. I think we live today in a in a, in a society where it's it's all about uh, having your face on TV. Obviously, today is an example that maybe that's not what a fantasy is you know even though it's really also a difference between between fiction and and and, and reality you know and uh, and uh, so
2: that that that's that, that's it that's it you that, heard like, it here first folks we live in a society is what he said <laughs> <laughs> i say that all the time yeah. I, I,
1: I like you like he is not having fun anymore
3: yeah, I mean, it seems like the the introduction of something like a bag, a bag or whatever, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know, what is that? Is that a different? Is that an idea I that never took I think he was having shape? a little fun when he's like, "You
2: made us do this."
1: <laughs> you, but he also says, "You made us do this." I didn't want to do like, oh, the interview part. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I when I worked at uh, this right, I growing up, they had torn down this fast food restaurant across the street from it, and they were putting up uh like an auto parts place. And next to it was another auto parts place. And every day, every customer would come in and say, because I was a cashier, what are they putting up over there? And I'd be like, they tore down the fast food place, they're putting up an auto parts <laughs> place. And the person would say to me, there's one right over there. And then eventually, they would ask me, what are they What, do you, what are they putting up over there? And I would say, I don't know. And they <laughs> would say, I heard they're putting up an auto parts place. So they knew. They knew, they just wanted to talk. And it's like, you it's so emotionally draining to have the yeah. same conversation in a million different ways over and over and over again. Every time they sit down with some, they're like, why do you wear robot helmets? What is, right. what is it like? What do you do when you and play had, live? They that had the sucks. fun,
1: they had the fun of explaining like, we're not wearing helmets We're this, and then it became like the, the, like whatever it's that punk. And like, I think honestly the exasperation around this point, after this era, they don't get asked about the helmets anymore. Right. right. Like, I think it I think it was something they had to go through. Like what what more do you want from us? And you could hear it in their voices uh in this era. Nobody during the Random Access Memories press tour, which is even bigger than the Discovery one, they wanted to talk about that record. Nobody asked them about the helmets anymore because now it's like ingrained, right?
2: Or I bet they were told yeah, not they things about maybe, the helmets. Maybe that might
1: be true. Uh um, but it's always been important for uh, to Daft Punk to never do the same thing twice. Their second album rollout was bigger and glitzier than the first. What if, uh, thought Tomas and Gimon, they went the other way entirely? What if instead of embracing their growing status as electronic music legends, they simply stepped away from the spotlight and let the product speak for itself? What if they didn't drive themselves crazy, sitting with the same sounds and songs for months, sometimes years at a time, and just got together and made some friggin' music? What if Tomás and Guimon stripped all the glitz and sheen off the Daft Punk machine they had built and let the world hear the raw underbelly of the beast? That for all their attention to detail and forward thinking, they were, in fact, human after all. (laughs) In Daft Punk Unchained, band manager Pedro Winter said, There was a reaction after the huge ambition of the Discovery album. We wanted to go back to something raw.
0: We work at a very pe- peculiar rhythm. The last album was released before streaming services were in place. Our, our second to last album was released before Facebook existed, you know, and so <laughs> on and so forth. So it really feels like we've been making music for 20 years, but really at our own pace. We haven't released a lot of music, but somehow people have tended to pay attention at each time. And um, we do things pretty much the other Direction that usually the world works. You know, mm. it's everything is clockwise, and we do things counterclockwise. Uh, you know, we live in a world where somehow uh, one of the values everyone want, wants to be famous, and we want to be. I mean, we want to be anonymous. You know, so it's, mm. it's as if you know you you're, you're like driving on a highway, but uh, in reverse in in, in reverse direction. Um, on the other hand, it's true that um, artists and people communicate, share a lot about their private life or they, they communicate every five seconds and we don't really communicate about anything and when we do it's every five years
1: That I, I think that's a really interesting way that they're looking at their career at this point that they're driving down the other way of the highway than everybody else and you can like you can kind of start to see that you know what I mean
2: yeah absolutely it's I don't know it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like they are saying we're going to do the opposite of everyone else on principle. No, it's, they just are. That's just what they're doing yeah, they're, you know? It's
1: like, we're doing this thing the way we want to. And it feels like the industry yeah. is moving in an opposite yeah, direction. It,
2: Cause the other version of that is like, you know, I'm a contrarian and I am going to, whatever yeah. you do, I'm going to do the opposite. That it's not what they're doing.
1: They, I think that they do the way the things that they feel like that needs to, that they need to do as a band in the moment. And, and a lot of times the it doesn't it doesn't fit in with the industry writ large, right? Like yeah. At the, what we're going to talk about at this point in history. This is, two thousand five, is the biggest lull in the dance music, like the global dance music industry, uh, since the early nineties, yeah. right? Like they came up in the first wave of electronic music and they helped elevate it by by here this is like this is like electronic music has been kind of sideswiped at this point this is uh that they, like they, they they help usher in the next wave right with with alive 2007 in this moment in time they are they're kind of feeling like you know Fallout. I mean, uh, sorry. Uh, 2000, 2005 is like the addition of
3: like Fallout Boy into the scene. Like, yeah. Like, like Sugar were going down. Um. I guess Gorillas did have Feel Good Inc. So but that's is, not. Yeah. But that's, that's not, not. That's, that's not. That's Dancey. Yeah. Um. You know,
1: it's a little more. Th- this iconic. is like. Um. The just yeah the, the Black Eyed Peas Lifehouse dance. I feel like dance music comes in these giant spurts. Right. We had disco. Disco collapsed, and people did not want that anymore. Yeah. And then it, uh, uh, it, that came back uh, in the '80s in some way with like new wave and things. That went away, and then in the '90s it, they brought it back with this house sound. I
2: yeah. mean, we had house. We had, house was the '80s. Yeah, you know, all all not the 80s like, was not house. from
1: like a global conscious level. But you yeah, know? it was like I the mean, trends we, of the industry. There are these dips where people don't want dance music. 2005 is one of them. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I'm looking at like the closest thing to a dance song on the top of the the 2005 charts is like Sean Paul or like something like Shakira or like, you know, stuff like that. And I I know that's poppy,
2: poppy stuff, but like. Dance never really spends time at that part of the charts aside from a handful of records. But I think you're absolutely right that this is the beginning of, you know,. We'll talk about it as the episode goes on, but this is an explosion for dance music that happens here. Directly after this. Yeah. The next, like, three years are huge. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, The band was growing up. Uh, Homework represents the band in its infancy, right? The brilliance is there, but they are relying on the sounds and techniques of the time, attempting to create their own version of the house music sound that was, at the time, taking Europe by storm. Uh, In an interview from 2006, Tomas said, To some extent, when we started making house music, we were just trying to copy the Americans, but we couldn't, and we ended up uh, having this thing that only sounded like ourselves. With Discovery, the bots entered adolescence, uh, celebrating the joy and wonder of childhood optimism. Ramping up their next cycle, having officially put the Discovery years behind them, Daft Punk had officially entered their angsty teenage years. (laughs) Said Tomas... The third album does not have this naivete. It's not, I feel good, everything's fine. More precisely, we didn't try to maintain something that wasn't there anymore. There might have been a minimalist naivete, but there wasn't this optimistic aspect to it at all, uh, like there was on our first track when we were 18 years old. On the other hand, the spontaneity and the enthusiasm are always there.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and, and like I, I will, again, say, listening to this album you know, three or four times in the last few days reminds me how much I really do like this album, you know, you know, like I, 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 I tend towards, you know, if I'm going to just put on a Daft Punk album to listen to, I'm, I tend towards Ram, I, I just do, we all know how, how, how I feel about that album, um, you know, it, or I'm, or I'm listening to, to Homework, I love Discovery as, as much too, but I, I overlook in my brain, human after all, I really do, not, not like to the point where I don't respect it or whatever, but, I, there are some great songs on this record yeah. and, and, and on, the, on this album, and and like it again. I think we mistake the intentionality of it. You know what I mean? It feels like again. You know, we can talk about you know it's it's a course of weeks, not not months or years. There's you can you can yeah. poke holes in that or whatever, but also like how much of it is supposed to. You know, I feel like it's a very intentional album, I guess is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like intentional and intentionally reflecting what you just said. It doesn't have that that naivety of of, of everything else. You
1: don't, as this group that takes years producing music, you don't make something in six weeks – out of the blue Yeah like it wasn't would, like We yeah, have a deadline And we have to
3: You know like You, you see that with like a, An yeah. author or something They or they have a contract I mean, for, me, for a second book That needs to be done And you get a, a
1: dumpster fire Or something like that I'm This just, wasn't that This is what they wanted episode, to make On the Discovery episode Devin said He has trouble sometimes Separating Discovery tracks From Alive 2007 Yeah, yeah. That is this for me uh, um, uh, I There's some uh, Moments of brilliance On this record But I struggle To separate this is this is the skeleton of the live show, right? Uh, and, and 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 I have trouble separating some of uh, these songs from the these yeah. transcendent moments that we'll see from the same music a couple years. And
3: later. I feel like you know us as a group, the three of us, especially within our our friendship together, we have sat a lot longer with Alive 2007 than we have Human After All. So it's tough to go, you know, you know, once you 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 see. The future, you know, hindsight, the hindsight, it's impossible to look at human after all without the belief that I have as well, that I think the more fully realized versions of of, and my favorite versions of these songs are going to come two years, two years later. Yeah. You know, I feel um,
2: like I have a weird relationship with this one because this was the album cycle that I was most aware of. Yeah. Like Discovery. I remember the videos coming out for Interstellar. But I was younger and I was not paying attention to music in that way. And then with Ram, I was very busy with like other other music. Yeah, Like Daft Punk had blown up to a, a level where I wasn't paying attention to that level of music. So this is the one where I was like really obsessively – paying attention to music news and reading pitchfork every day and reading so i remember this album cycle very well i I remember
1: all of the videos i remember all this stuff i was fucking locked into the ram cycle like all of the all of the press release the rollout the billboards the the pop-ups the things i like i had so much fun in the in the ramp up to that album man oh man Uh, So with Discovery, Daft Punk wanted to tell the world that they would never do the same thing twice. So it shouldn't come as a surprise to fans that their third album was a step away from anything that we had seen from the robots before. But it may have been shocking for fans that nearly everything about the band was directly opposite when they reemerged with a new record. Said Tomas, we wanted to make an album in opposition to the star system, something radical and honest and not following the logic that everything is economically bound. The record companies are breaking down due to the internet, and our goal has never been to sell as many records as possible. So, how to go about an album rollout as different from Discovery as possible? One, recording strategy. They obsessed and fretted over Discovery so much that Tomasa and Guiman just wanted to get back to the basics. Just the two of them in Tomasa's bedroom together noodling around on machines and making cool noises. They intentionally decided before work on the album to give themselves just six weeks to produce it. A few years later, reflecting back on the record, Gimon said it was his favorite of Daft Punk's first three albums because it was, quote-unquote, pure improvisation. Uh, they used three drum machines, two guitars, a volcorder, a volcorder and uh, an eight-track machine. Uh, They were limiting their technological arsenal to ensure a stripped-down, bare-bones style. Said Tomás, we were definitely seduced at the time by the idea of doing the opposite of Discovery. Uh, Next, the boys went into a completely opposite direction for the themes and subject matter of the new record. Discovery was all about optimism and joy and pure bliss. After uh, more than a decade in the entertainment industry, Tomás Aguimán, were not nearly as rosy-eyed about the world around them," uh, said Tomas. "The theme of the album was dark, almost totalitarian. It was music that we wanted to make at that particular moment, and not music that we wanted to sell. There was nothing to say about it, uh, and that's part of why they didn't do any press. <laughs> uh, the lyrics, in stark contrast to the cheery discovery tracks, veer toward paranoia." And media oversaturation and a bleak worldview dominated by corporate messaging. Uh, reflecting on Human After All, a few years later, uh, Gimon said, uh, We never wanted to make electronic music, but a type of music made with electronic methods. We loved House and we still like it, but our connection to music has always been more vast than just t- staying in a single style. That was a very eye opening thought to me. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I feel like that kind of echoes. Uh, I'm glad to hear that because that echoes an extrapolation I made last week. Which, like, when I said it's not about house, it's about creation. Um, that you know, I, I think that it ring, it does ring true, especially in a human after all era yeah. uh, here because because it, it, it again, it does. It, there, there are some. Groovy songs on this, but they aren't. They're not groovy in like a discoy sense, you know. Like Discovery, this is not you a know? Party it's, it's not a party record. I mean, you can find moments of 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 really really amazing groovy stuff in here. You really can. So like, it's not as uh, you know. I don't want to sound like a big huge downer here because I, I do
1: think this is a good album. I really do. Yeah. Um. But it's not a party. Record. But it's not a party. Record. I would not. I would not it's, throw human after all. If I had, if I had thirty people over my house yeah. to have fun. I would not throw this album on. I mean, how many songs off this album have been played in a DJ set ever? You know, like Probably Robot Rock. I yes. bet,
2: I bet you could play almost any of these in a DJ setting if you wanted to, but right. they take a deliberate step in every song to avoid it. So it's either the groove of the song is not four on the floor. Yeah. But you could put it underneath it. Or the BPMs Or the are BPMs so is low. like 92 instead of There's, 120. If you if yeah. you take it up to 120, some of these are 125 or whatever. They sound like dance songs. Yeah. And if you put just a four on the floor kick under them, some of the ones that are faster, they're dance songs. Yeah.
1: They just deliberately. Yeah. Like, like there are, there are uh, what four or five songs at like 90 some BPM yeah. in this. That's not dance music. I pitched, it, I did it today. I
2: took it. I took a couple of them up to one twenty five, and they go. Yeah, like they go. And yeah. that's, they don't take them up speed wise too much when they do them live they kind of let it ride as it is. Yeah. But they you can. Yeah. There's a version of this
1: that's just one pinch away. That's really interesting to me. Yeah, and like we'll uh, we'll talk I have talked about it specifically in a couple of them, but like you hit that 90 BPM with like steam machine and you like you it's all these noises that are meant to be like Industrial techno, but it's slow and it's very disorienting. It's like it's an interesting experience, not disorienting bad. It's just like, uh, it's all this stuff that you your brain recognizes as as the sounds that you like about dance music, but it's slowed way down, and it's it's It's, just this this interesting kind of like warping of what you expect from this kind of music. It's a very yeah. I read a
2: review from around this time that was talking about how. This is, you know, this this has all this like krautrock and kind of punk and distorted guitar shit in it, and they were talking about how punk bands, rock bands, will often do this. We just we're going to go in the studio for six weeks and do it. Yeah, and it's very cool when punk does it, but because electronic music is so about, the I read, finesse, th- I read this, you read review. that too. Yes, I, I was thinking about that a lot because it's like this record they could have written it in two weeks and then spent four months like yeah. getting it. But they they didn't. They did the production this way, and it's because it's a rock record, not yeah. like a dance record. They,
1: their their point was that like rock, rock is meant to be raw, and like like audiences appreciate that about it. But you don't you don't re like you don't play your instruments in front. Of an audience like you the the work of electronic music is perfecting it in the studio so to take that raw rock mentality to the production of the actual sounds is is almost in opposition to what you're trying to do and we said there was a really interesting way to look at what this was we'll
2: go on it later the influence of this introduction of this raw stuff or them being influenced by some of the stuff around them because other people were starting to do this you know we see it on the remix album with the groups they're working with. There's such an influx of that after that. I like this. I like those years of that incredibly raw yeah. production and like super crushed and distorted shit. I don't know that I'm as interested in revisiting that now. Yeah. That feels so of the era and it was what dance music needed to become this like raw rock influence thing. I don't know that I I still am interested in these like gigantic distorted guitar. Yeah, it's just like it, it's
1: like um, uh, Nick Stevenson when he came on our show was saying like I the stuff that got me into this music at the time that I was seventeen or whatever. I don't know that it's good, right? Like yeah, like, he was looking about back, happy hardcore. Yeah, there,
2: there are those pockets of the things where yeah. it's like we needed it. It was right for the time. Yeah.
1: And yeah, like there's a lot of dance music that I loved at a certain point that I will never revisit again. Cause yeah, like like part this is a lot of this music is meant to just be ethereal, yeah. right? Ephemera, yeah. Like of the moment, it makes me feel good now. What makes you feel good now might not make you feel good in five years. And
2: frankly, you know, we've 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 spent years recontextualizing disco in the house. We've taken all this krautrock shit and recontextualize it and done techno and we've you know we keep revisiting it i'm sure we're going to see a huge absolutely. resurgence you know we're, we're about 15 years out from this yeah pretty soon we're going to so see ki- another yeah. couple years of this just to see you yeah know, i absolutely. Mean,
1: there's there's going to be this again absolutely um so with those two ideas in mind uh um that they were going to Subject matter was going to be different. Recording style was going to be different. Tomas and Gimon sat down in September of 2004, two weeks to record the sounds and four weeks to mix it into an album. Said Gimon, "You cannot separate your life and your music and your job. Everything is linked. The internal personal stuff Tomas went through during Human After All made it closer to where we he was at the time. I don't. I couldn't figure out. Uh, th- these guys are so intensely." private about their personal lives i couldn't find anything about what he was talking about there Mm -hmm. but uh so if tomas was personally going through some strife during the recording of this album yeah i don't know but but that that is the one hint that you know maybe everything personally wasn't super rosy when they when they put this album out yeah they like 30 they yeah right so they probably 30
2: they're born in 75 or something around them
1: they're probably 30.
2: It's probably a huge first big
1: breakup or yeah. parent, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He...
2: I won't speculate, but it's like, you know, th- that's that's a time where, If you've been on the road and doing all this, like, dance stuff, and then you take some time to be quiet for a couple years, yeah. you do personal life stuff.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't know... Um, I don't know when she married. Uh, when he married, his- yeah. I, like again, I don't even know when yeah. he got married because they're so private about that stuff. Um, but um, but yeah, they're like, who, who knows? That's. I'm not. We're not going to speculate. I but mean,
3: we'll, we'll just say like you know, from personal experience, I know being in my 30s that like. I feel like being in in, in late twenties, early thirties has been for for me specifically, and I think the people I'm around a lot. It's a huge pivotal point in your life where you realize, like, hey, I you know I, I've made it somewhere where wherever that is, and okay, the things that I thought were the answers to being happy or being content, content or whatever, you know, growing up being a kid all through my twenties, it's like, oh no, what I need to do is figure out. My life and me, you know, yeah. and I feel like at like that 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 there's a lot of I think it takes a lot of of of, of um, you know realizing the uh, I don't know bleakness or bleak bleak side of of life to realize that like you know there, there, there's a, a jumping off point to a, a more positive view of the world that yeah. needs to come from kind of seeing the world for what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You also, know
2: if your goals if you're if you're 15 and you're in a band and your goals are to like put out an album and blow up and and then you know do all this stuff and you accomplish all these things it's this climb yeah. until and you're now, 25 or 26 and I'm, I'm i'm
1: still not happy
2: i'm 26 now yeah. this is my job, Yeah. and then you spend a few years just kind of hanging out, right? Because that's what they do Guess between. What?
1: Nobody's happy all the time, so you right. get right. there, you've achieved that success, and you're in your brain, you're like, "Why am I not happy? I did like and we've done like, it. Like
2: we took years yeah. before
1: this, right? Because they do
2: Interstellar, and then yeah. they like he's not DJing, he's not in the clubs. He takes a few years. They both take time, yeah, where they're not performing, they're not creating stuff, they're just being people, yeah. So it's like if you've done this meteoric rise from like six, 17 years old until 26 and then you take 3 years to just be quiet and you're afraid you can never DJ again. Yeah. Of course you're
1: terrified. Absolutely. He thought
2: he was never going to perform again. That's
1: true. Yeah, that one thing we have not talked about, yeah, he so Thomas uh legendary live DJ uh we we've mentioned some quotes by like eats everything and different in, in uh uh Todd Phillips about not todd phillips todd phillips that's, that <laughs> that's end. the second that's the second awful uh mistake i've set that's come out of my mouth that todd, edwards. Funny. todd edwards not the guy that wrote joker <laughs> <laughs> hey he wrote old school <laughs> not the guy that wrote old school todd uh, edwards about sorry todd edwards if you're listening and sorry todd phillips I'm if so- you're listening you know what i'm sorry todd edwards todd phillips Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Todd Edwards, open
3: invitation to be on the show. Todd Phillips, go fuck yourself. Todd Phillips, you can come on our Simpsons podcast. Yeah, (laughs) you can
1: come on our other podcast. Um, We want to ask you about why you needed to decapitate a giraffe in Hangover 3. (laughs) 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 Um, um, No, uh, we've we've heard these stories from other DJs about them being mesmerized by watching uh Thomas manipulate these machines on stage as he's DJing. He had to give it up in 2002 because he uh he started uh uh having a bad case of tinnitus and it was it was getting worse and he he left the clubs. He uh he's only like publicly DJed a handful of times since then. He but I mean he went like he thought he was never going to perform live again, yeah.
2: right? That happens in 2002. This is September of 2004. Yeah, that's awful. That's so a huge. That's probably a huge part of it. Yeah, I said I wasn't going to speculate, but I'm speculating. It's. I mean, that's that's a huge thing. And he did. I mean, he came around, right?
1: His tini- his tini- it got better. Of all reports, nothing is confirmed. Uh, all reports indicate that his tinnitus improved, not to the point that he felt like he could ever DJ again. But they did the they did the live tour. He could. I I think. And he's done a couple like.
2: He, he's, I think he he's could DJ'd DJ at again. like he, fashion like, events, but
1: that I remember that's Pedro Winter
2: somebody saying something like, "He rightfully was scared and took some time, took some drastic measures to make sure he was fine." Yeah, I think he could not have done the tour. He could not have done the Grammys if it, if was, it were a problem. Yeah. You know, you have in-ear monitors and uh, I don't think the it's a
1: and problem, but it's something that he lives with now. Yeah. Um, I mean,
2: we've we've he, we've all damaged our hearing oh, doing yeah. that. Like I. One of my biggest regrets of my life is not wearing earplugs From when I was playing get-go. as a kid cuz like you know you'd set up you we weren't miking our amps at the bars and stuff I'm standing in front of my amp loud and I would come home and my ears would ring at yeah. night and I like there are there are problems I have with it and oh, I yeah. really wish I had worn earplugs yeah if you're um, listening kids, and you're a kid
1: please wear earplugs the, like, when you do this stuff I remember yeah I remember going to raves and stuff and like looking at the 30 year olds or whatever with earplugs in and be like, look at that friggin' idiot. But I, yeah, I wish I would have done the same. I started wearing earplugs when I was like 20 cause it had gotten so bad between
2: like 15 and 20.
1: They wrapped production by November after beginning in September and the album was released just a few months later. Uh, the fear and paranoia that infused the record um, kind of, spread into the band's rollout of it uh, because an mp3 of one more time was available for download online less than an hour after pete Tong first played it on bbc radio that that got into their brains uh uh and it kind of led the boys to be the really super protective of human after all Every advanced copy of the record was factory-sealed with a warning label to return it if the seal had been prematurely broken, and everyone had a recipient-specific watermark to identify where the disc was supposed to be going. And then uh, as it was sold, everyone had the copy control protection stuff uh, to try to make it harder to um, illegally rip and download or whatever – um, said Tomas, it's like a game in a way, being able to keep things secret until the release date, because it's fun to be able to do that. We want the liberty to do anything. It did not work, though. Uh, according to the Guardian review of Human After All, when these tracks were leaked onto the internet in January, some fans assumed they were bogus. Uh, and they do indeed sound like the work of last luckter, uh, lackluster imposters. So What
2: a grim reception yeah oh no these are the these are the decoy tracks the real good albums coming later
1: that that sucks that's part of this they chose not to they chose not to um, do any interviews at all they knew that going in they were not going to speak about the album they finish it in November it's coming out in March it gets leaked online in January like like again they did it in six weeks it got leaked online six weeks after that and the general consensus online is that daft punk intentionally leaked these tracks as a commentary on like leaked media that these were a joke and that the actual album was going to be something else entirely i can't even imagine what the thought was from them at that time after like after you that know what reception is Honestly, crazy to the, me go on
3: I was gonna say the thought might be, the beginning stages of Alive two thousand seven. It might be the thought.
1: Right? Well, I, mean, I, I think I like looking at the way that structurally the album is used in yeah. Human After All. I think that that was going to be the case regardless. Yeah. Uh, um, as as much as people talk about this being like the weak leg of the first three or whatever, it is the bones of what they put on. That rec on that uh, live tour, which is this like
3: revolutionary thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I was watching 2007 again recently, and like it—it's a minute before they go into anything that's not human after. Yeah, all.
1: like it's a—it's a lot. And even though. when they get, even when they start mixing in the stuff that everybody it's knows, on and the loves, foundation of it's on the after found. After this yeah. is the foundation of lot. Li- so I think even my so my theory when they put out. Ram to this, this international acclaim was that, uh, that was in 2013. I always, in my brain, I always imagined that in 2015, something very similar to this record was going to come mm-hmm. out. That was going to confuse people. Cause it was such a stripped down and bare thing compared to Ram. Yeah. Then that, then that they would use these like bare bones structures to layer everything on top right uh in, in 2017 that was always what my brain told me cuz like that 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 was going to be their cycle just like put the skeleton out no matter what they people think of it that that's going to be the foundation of this revolutionary live show uh it never happened yeah <laughs> but yeah. uh um uh uh yeah uh, like i i couldn't i can't even imagine their Their brains in the so, so from January to March, knowing that their fans' reaction was like that has to be a fucking joke. Yeah, I don't
2: to go too deep into my songs are a window into the groove theory, but they put these tracks together in six weeks. In the and you know during the homework cycle, they worked on those tracks for years. During discovery yeah. cycle, they worked on them for years. They like did it. They wrote them. They put them out. But that does not mean that is the definitive version of these tracks. Yeah. And I bet they're like, yeah, we've got nine new things that we can play permutations of you know so it's like these are a window into these grooves but they're not all gonna always live at 92 beats per minute they're not always gonna have this kick under it you know
1: i think though your window into the groove theory is very interesting for this record in particular um because um well i mean we'll talk about we're gonna get track by track into this but like Robot Rock, that groove is undeniable, right? That like that is an undeniable, like, yeah, anthem on the dance floor. Just that part. That song has no movement though, right? So they take the, it's a five and a half minute song. If they had a little more time to produce this record, there would have been builds and releases intention and, and release and, yeah. and added elements of that song as they continued to explore that groove, but they did it in six weeks. So the groove is the groove and there's no other window right. into it. I think that that's where, that's where this, some, what... that's where this album like, uh, start the, the, the edges of it start to come apart is if you, if, if they spent six months with robot rock, there would have been so many more entrances into that groove, right?
2: Yeah, and I, I have some, I have some theories on that, and we'll hit on them when we do the tracks. But before we get too far away from the release of this, the other thing that is fascinating to me about this is they are doing all of this stuff to the CDs because if the CDs get leaked, it's yeah. going to go to streaming and it'll be out. Now we don't have that problem, right? That doesn't exist because the first thing that happens is you open the floodgates to the streaming. You don't have, you're not worried that someone at target is going to open a copy of it because now that's not really a part of it. So when the album comes out on streaming, it comes out at midnight and then you ship out the CDs next week or whatever. You put out the pre-orders. They don't do this anymore. You don't have to distribute before
1: the release. I don't, I also would like to know what happened to their thoughts on the recording industry between here and discovery. Uh, between Discovery and here because Discovery, they do the Daft Club. They're like, buy the record and you get these sh- this shit for free. Here, they're like locked down. I think, the, if- you know what's actually
2: crazy? I watched um, Josie and the Pussycats this weekend and it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, of course you did. Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> it's a movie from 2001 or 2002 about um, a band, like a trio of girls who play in a rock band coming up in this late 90s early 2000s world of corporate marketing and the whole plot to the movie is that alan cummings has a machine that is putting subliminal messages in the songs to make teenagers listen to lame music and buy lame clothes and stuff but it hits all of the same points as this like that's early 2000s american idol shit yeah where it's like you know the the same
1: plot of the episode of simpsons where (laughs) it it is It's the exact same plot,
2: and the movie's really funny. And it, but aesthetically, it is just of the era—the yeah. boy band thing—and it is, the messaging is very clunky. You know, it's it's very heavy-handed. But it's this: everyone had the same qualms with the music industry. Yeah. it was
3: so prevalent, and you could but see it. How much of this is them? Human after all, specifically, you know, again trying. You know, you know, we had a quote a couple weeks back, or maybe a week ago um you know we thought we could change the whole industry from the inside out and we realized we can't but now how much of this human after all is them just trying to simply not be a part of it you Uh, know yeah i will mention that a little bit that can be a, a certain you know like i don't know it feels like again not to get too far ahead of ourselves the approach to this and the approach to ram are 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 insanely different because you know again i don't think we get the ram approach i don't
1: think we get ram anywhere near as it is without all of this happening so they had they had done everything different they had done every album as differently as possible as they could that was their whole strategy right we want new sounds we want a new strategy we want to explore new avenues and new themes and new sounds Mm -hmm. every time the way that they recorded all of these was exactly the same. And then this one happened and it didn't go good, right? They did they didn't get the response that they had wanted. Right. The the way that the music industry was going was more and more people were adopting the way that they were making music. And the the last time that they made music that way, was this kind of muddied dark thing that audiences and critics did not initially respond that well to. From here on out, they never make music in their bedroom again. Yeah. Uh they create they create the the live show in uh, in a laboratory like in like a factory yeah. with with these LED panels and all this stuff. They get they take Disney's money uh, and learn how to record orchestras and then and then they spend over a million dollars of their own money working with the best session musicians in the world and also some of their um, musical heroes and some uh, 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 like peers or whatever to make this entirely new kind of record in an in an in industry where making, music in your bedroom is now the standard right yeah so th- like i do think that yeah the response to this record was like the not like the way that the music industry is the way that the bedroom stuff is that's we now want to do the opposite of that i also so think I agree
2: that the, the change that happens is you don't make money selling records anymore right that stops yeah. happening so it's not like a huge advance from the company or whatever, and it becomes about the show, and they do a live a, a, a live show that is um, super lush and rich, but it takes ten people to operate, and you just paid for the equipment up front with their first advance. So that is a windfall. You know, concert yeah. tours make money in a way that albums don't, and they've never done a tour on this scale. They've been DJing yeah. and noodling around in the you know mid '90s, and then ten years later they do a rich show. Yeah. So after that they are in a place where they can be like you know what we can spend as much money as we want on this record we can you know the, the it proves to the record companies that there's a lot of money left to be made on this group
1: yeah i mean, we're, we'll talk about how the industry responded to alive 2007 soon because yeah they changed that that's probably the biggest influence they've had on music is yeah. a, immediate influence on music yeah. is that tour we'll get there the last plan for human after all uh that was exactly the opposite from how they handled discovery media silence said Gimon. if we had done 350 interviews like we did for the first two albums it would have added up to more time than we devoted to the production of the album it was kind of a burst completed in two weeks. We had this need for urgency in comparison to Discovery, which took more than a year to put together. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Discovery,
2: 350 interviews, no tour. Human after all, zero interviews, yeah. big tour. No,
1: 350 interviews is over the course over of the everything. Course of career. 200. But you know what yeah. I mean? Discovery, bunch of interviews, no tour. This one, no interviews, big tour. Boom, boom. Absolutely. When the band announced that they would not be doing interviews, it frustrated some people at Virgin. One record label, Laps, uh, Rep, uh, said in Daft Punk Unchained when the album came out it was it disconcerted a lot of people people in the media people at the label it was difficult to promote there was no single to play for people to talk about uh, the public did not understand people were, are used to saying debut albums are underground the second's is success the third is even more successful but with this uh, they were not running after success they just wanted to express what they had inside
3: yeah I mean that goes back to what I said earlier, which is it's intentional. It's intentional. I mean, this isn't a mistake or a failure. This is what they wanted to make, and yeah. And again, what is you know, art in a classic sense is you know it's 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 not designed to be good or bad. It's designed to make you think about the subject matter, and
1: this album does that and does it well. I think. And again, we said we weren't going to speculate, but here I go again. Uh, We we've heard in past uh, um, that. Specifically, like with the release of Homework, that they were a little chafed about uh, Virgin kind of taking credit for that album's success. Um, this is the last thing they put out on Virgin. Yeah. That, to me, might also be. This is a fuck you. Maybe right? Right. They spent. This is their la- well. They spent I don't know. Six I, weeks I, on a I record. I do think that this is the last. This is the last studio album they put they out. They
2: hated. Version. They hated corporate music shit. Yeah. And they put out a record. They spent six weeks on it. Yeah. It's like, do you know, a lot of bands sign contracts, right? And to get out of the end of it, they'll put out. Some crap. Like a, a, no, a Greatest Hits record or a oh. compilation. This is our last one. Here, we're fulfilling it. Yeah. You know? Right. This is their last studio album they put out on Virgin. I, I,
3: I, I can see that. I do not want to, like, again, I don't want to downplay this album as a bad album. I'm though. not saying I, that. I agree what with what, what you're saying, though. But like,
1: but the approach to it might have been, right. like, if Virgin is going to dick us around, then, then we're gonna Let's put. Let's hurry six up and weeks. get out of here. Does yeah. the
3: remixes come out on Virgin? Uh,
1: well, I it's that's hard to say. So the remix album comes out in Japan. It doesn't come out officially to the world until 2014. So uh, that's actually, its own thing. I don't like, know. I don't. I don't. The know. Remixes are just is, is it's a, just the mixes yeah. from the
2: singles, right? Those were all on the single releases of of the tracks. Yeah. Or whatever. But I I truly think i mean it's like you're frustrated with the industry that's their whole thing during these years you know what let's just get out of it let's do it let's do it quick let's have fun let's let's really pour something into it but let's do it quick and get out yeah that's that's part of the plan i think absolutely i've never thought about it but i think you're right
1: yeah um uh yeah um Everyone's free to do what they want. We like having the idea of maybe one sound but not having a style precisely. We record and do music the same way we used to, but we'd like to have an open mind. We like the idea of electronic and house music as being about destroying the old rules uh, uh, and to set up new rules at the same time, and then we would want to dis, uh, destroy the new rules as well—the labels, the categories. There's something that was set up by the system and by the media and by the record labels to sell music. Okay, so what are you? Are you heavy metal? Are you soul? Are you disco? House music was pretty much about destroying those barriers, but then now it's accepted in a way. It's like, are you heavy metal? Are you house music? To us. It's more about this spirit, uh, uh, that we should be breaking those categories. If we only do techno the way people want us to do techno, then we'd be doing what the system wants us to do. House music is more a state of mind than a style because, uh, uh, because if it's a style, it will just become one more style added to the new wave rock punk disco. We think house music is a way to look at these styles and do it different by combining things. Yeah, I mean, this this goes
3: back to the conversation you and I were having right before we were recording today. It's like, you know, the idea of of making electronic music, for for me specifically, you know, it feels like, uh, again, it's like it's, it's, it's a fourth dimension of music. You know, like if I'm playing guitars, bass, drums... Uh, You know, arrangement, you know, there's a lot that has to do with melody and and, and harmony and, you know, drum percussion rhythms and whatnot. But, you know, all of a sudden we're introducing with this level of production and stuff, you know, like maybe it's not changed the melody. Maybe it's changed the envelope. Maybe it's changed the, the, you know, have a tempo shift. You know, all of these things, you know, that, that, that like it is it is about. Existing in a different set of rules than than that cage of the, you know, four or five piece band or whatever. And I think that that approach rings true on everything.
2: I don't remember if we talked about this interview or if we got this quote on the show or if I read it somewhere else. But they were talking about the initial deal with Virgin where they were going to license their tracks to Virgin through Daft tracks. And I don't remember if it was them or like Pedro or somebody else saying, you know, it was a sweet deal. But in a lot of ways, they ended up paying for it later. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I never like found out what they meant by that, and I don't think there's other context around it. But it feels like they got dicked. They,
1: I don't know. Somewhere in here, they
2: got dicked because it was a sweet deal at the beginning, and they paid for it later, and this is how they left Virgin. Um,
1: they, uh, I don't know that what they wanted was control. They got that. I don't know like it's hard to do like the inner workings of the business stuff. I don't understand. Yeah. What I do know is Ram came out on Columbia. I don't know. I don't know like the the inner workings of like the live album. That had to have been a virgin release too, right? It might have been.
2: I I know I know, I know that it is different when you package stuff you've already done. I know right. I, like you signed then, for like, so many studios like or the, whatever.
1: This the the Tron stuff comes out on Disney, Disney or whatever, the so that's is, like, a different I've, thing.
2: I, I'm just it's so my, yeah.
1: Alive 2007 is a Virgin label release, but the, like the last proper right. studio album, the last single they put out, the last ever. Like, also,
2: you if you're, it's obviously on their minds in a, a not subtle way. If they spent four million dollars making a movie about how much record labels yeah. suck, they and, made a whole movie about how record labels fucking suck. Yeah. And then had a miserable time. Yeah, like that's
1: not an accident. I think, accident. It's, I think <laughs> it's like I like. It's hard to speculate. I don't know what happened. I don't know like who their contact at Virgin was. They've never talked about it. They don't talk you about usually stuff can't. like that. That's
2: NDA stuff.
1: Yeah, they don't talk about stuff like that. But there's a lot of stuff here that says they were not happy with. <laughs> they spent
2: four million dollars <laughs> yeah. where. Record label executives are the villains of their movie. Their own money. And then
1: their entire last studio album with this record label is about, like, like technology sucks and like you're watching the TV and it's fucking you're being fed this and everything sucks and you're like some bad stuff
2: happened business wise here I really
1: think that that might be part of it it.
2: when you think about it like they spent four million dollars (laughs) out of
1: pocket to make a movie about how much
2: record labels suck it's really funny
1: when the album came out uh, a brief press release stated we believe that human after all speaks for itself Uh, they did not do any interviews Uh, years later Guimon said that staying silent and not promoting the record was one of the biggest mistakes of their career. Yeah, Gimon loves this record, uh, uh, and and I think that right, like it, it it is interesting that these guys we've talked about how much they want to control. They did not do anything to control the message of this record. I think you know it feels
3: like that was a decision that at the time they felt was giving them yeah. more control, but I don't think, I I don't, I think yeah, the effect yes. was the opposite. I
1: don't think you put. When you make that yeah thought, like the record will speak for itself. I don't think that you think about how you can control the message right. if you talk about it. right And like
3: we're in a world of of, you know, like again, we're 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 fifteen, sixteen years removed from this. You know, I think it, you know, it hasn't been until very recently that I've been able to conceptualize this idea that society, the vast majority of the time, inserts negative assumptions into the void right like <laughs> yeah. and and i don't think that that's necessarily we learned that a lot over the last year right, right. I, I mean that's a definitely a covid world post covid yeah. world kind of or in covid world kind of thought and i don't think it's necessarily a good or bad thing i think again measuring measuring you know these ideas these abstract ideas as good or bad are tough what's what you know what they are ideas that we can learn from yeah. and i think that like you know, seeing Gimon look back and say that, you know, it, it, it yeah. It, people have no choice but to assume, oh, these are fake joke tracks. This isn't the real thing. The yeah. good one's coming. Or they made this because they don't like that us. Or this is that. You know, even the speculation we're doing here, they didn't like the record. You know, all of yeah. this stuff. They could control this narrative if they right. would have done
2: 50 interviews, you know, 20 interviews. That's arrogant. Like 29-year-old, 30-year-old artist energy yeah. of my record where it's just... Noisy guitars, and we say thirty words total.
1: It speaks for, for itself. itself. Yeah,
2: that's that's I'm on top of the
1: world, and I've not done anything. Yeah, and like I said, been... I think maybe possibly them them having negative feedback for the first time in their careers maybe sparked them to make some of their best stuff yeah. after this. You know, I mean, so we're the... we're we're looking at. I don't know. There
3: is. <sighs> it's it's crazy because just listening to your research
1: right now and then reading over the so, okay, Wikipedia I will page tell you, you this whatnot. right now. I will tell you this right now that the re- the uh, retroactive, reception of this record is a million times better than it was in the moment right in 2005 everyone was like fuck two this. stars one star fuck all this. across the board now now people look back on a re- uh, like but- on a retrospective level and they understand what it what this album was in the context and how it fit into yeah. the Alive live 2007 i'm telling you right now in 2005 when this came out it was not I'm just saying regardless of any of
3: that, even just these quotes you've managed to pull up uh, about, you know, looking back on or about giving context at the time, even those quotes are causing me to look at the track list and the choice of word titles and the order of songs and thinking, oh, maybe this does speak a little bit more about, you know, and that just, again, serves the point that, like, yeah. A handful of interviews would have been really helpful to evaluating what they were trying to do and what they were trying to say. You don't have to heavy-handedly say, "Hey, we were doing this and we wanted to do this and yeah. we were trying to accomplish that." But you know, just just these these handful of things that like it shouldn't take a a deep, deep, deep dive at the level that we're doing to and have
1: an understanding they, of what, when, where, and why and how. You know, I think they understand that. I think I think Giman saying that that was this is the biggest mistake of their career, not the album that not talking yeah, not about explaining it. I think it. that. Because they like, they, they like this music. They're yeah. proud of this. Uh, we'll get more into it. The album topped the U.S. Billboard dance chart. It peaked at number 98 on the Billboard Hot 100. To date, it sold about 130,000 copies in the U.S., which is you know, way below uh, other records. Right. Uh, it's certified gold twice in France, meaning it sold at least 200,000 copies there. And it peaked at around 80,000 in the U.K. Although it was nominated for a Grammy for Best Electronic Dance Album, uh, losing to uh, push the button the by Chemical, chemical Brothers.
2: Brothers. Was it the first year? I don't know. I'll look it up. I don't know. So, so this. Um, I, but, I also
3: want to point out a couple things too, because I think it is important in the context of the streaming versus versus albums. We have not been adjusted for streaming being included in in in, in sales yeah. and stuff. That's also very important. Right. I think you know nowadays we we count Spotify plays right. towards towards how an album's received. Right. Second year. Um, Second year.
1: But back Basement then, Jacks, when they were before. Um, so uh, it was nominated for that, uh, but. Even so, most critics were not kind. Electri- uh, uh, electric, uh, Entertainment Weekly quipped, "Maybe the punks should have spent more time in the studio instead of buffing those immaculate LED flashing robot heads they're so fond of wearing." I don't understand that type of review. <laughs> that type of review pisses me <laughs> it's off. It's correct.
2: It, I mean, <laughs> they should have spent five months working yeah, but these But I guess I, I mean like,
3: make the point based on the merit of the songs. I would understand, like Rolling Stone said, uh, you know, you know, repeats itself rather than elaborates itself. Yeah. That I like that quote because I can agree with a part of that but I, I don't like the ad, hom- ad hominem don't polish yeah. your helmets like no fucking does. stupid ass I'm gonna yeah. be a reviewer to be Nobody fair does.
2: we were not living in a world yeah. where we you know we were looking at their career retrospectively this right. group of young people put out an album with all these like not particularly deep grim lyrics like TV controls your mind and they're like shut up, shut up. like that's annoying <laughs> yeah. spend
1: some time on this um yeah I spend some time on that i think this there's there is there is the bones of an amazing album here like I said, like robot rock yeah if they allowed that track to have more movement.
2: And to my my point, I guess, before, it's like they do spend more time on it. They put yeah. out the best dance yeah. record of all time with it. Yeah, you know? I
1: agree. So Pitchfork went, uh, even the good stuff sounds painfully extemporaneous, like early sketches of tracks that deserve to be much better. If Daft Punk uh, going through the motions, it's Daft Punk going through the motions and for the first time in their career sound like cynics. The Village Voice said it's a bad record whose details rarely uh, merit further thought. Some defenders of the record said it was Daft Punk's cynical commentary on the state of the recording industry at large that they were intentionally making these like um, flatter sounds uh, saying like this is what the world wants right now. And honestly, there could be some validity to that uh, given what we've learned about what how they were feeling yeah. around this time i think
2: it's the opposite i think they're saying music is this incredibly polished thing yeah this it's like it's a response to polished you yeah. know yeah it's like no this and i think yeah. also Devin, you made a good point
3: the other week too of like this is the album called human after all and this is a bleak view of humanity uh, for a lot of it and if you look at which songs are not very bleak you know again we'll go track by track but like look like Robot rock, technologic, uh, brainwasher—the very louder songs, I, I guess, are all of the ones rooted in robot, not human. You know, yeah. at some level. So I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a deeper analysis we could do on that. We'll but, get where we're, we're going to do trap, by but it is, um, it, it, it is. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Again, from my perspective on this album. I like this album a lot. It's 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 my it is my least favorite of the four main albums. Sure, but again, I would make the argument that if somebody who wasn't Daft Punk put out this album, it probably would have been received a lot better. If somebody came out of I, nowhere and yeah. put out Robot Rock or put out uh, Technologic or, or whatever, like yeah. like those are those are great songs. Yeah. They are, and they're not as. Daft Punked as we want them to be yeah. In Discovery Lenses or whatever But somebody else puts out that song That is a yeah. huge jam I um, love
2: I love All of their records for all of the way They do the production for them It would be really cool if every Eight years they had done a record in six weeks Because yeah. I would have loved to hear a record in six weeks From them where they're feeling great And I a truly, record in six weeks from
1: them where they're doing mellow That's a very cool way to produce I tru- music truly would have, I truly thought that We were gonna get some, and and Paul Johnson said in in like 2015 or 16 that they were do they were doing a house record. Uh, he like he made this exploded exploding statement on his Facebook page. Somebody was like. Have you heard from the robots lately? And it was like, yeah, they're they're working on a house record right now. Like, and it it was like this huge rumor mill. Like, they're doing it. They're going to put out another pared down thing, and immediately tour.
2: someone hit a red button that blew up the yeah. computer <laughs> yeah. that was on. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like uh, they
2: they had a house record on a on a special boom. hard drive, and it exploded yeah. because he announced it. Thanks a lot, Paul Johnson. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, Paul <laughs> thanks, Johnson. Paul Johnson.
1: Uh, no, uh, it, you know, there's there's rumors about. There were still getting rumors about these guys to this day. Uh, we're propagating them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about I
3: mean like but but so I,
2: I we'll get into the track okay, by
3: track. Yes, I, exactly. I have much more much more let's, to say, let's, but we'll yeah, get let's into. it. let's do
1: track by track uh once uh, we're almost done with this. But uh most immediate, the most immediate reaction to it was stark and poor. After a late, lengthy break, Daft Punk offered nine proper songs and they were stripped of the joy that people had come to expect from their favorite robots. Looking back, though, The legacy of Human After All has stood the test of time, and it has gained much more respect over the years. As French music journalist Jean-Daniel Bévé stated in the documentary Daft Punk Unchained, people revisit the album and now see the impact it had. It attracted a wave of French producers, French Touch 2.0, inspired by Daft Punk's energy and a return to the raw energy of techno. And as JDB pointed out, French acts like Justice, Parawan, and Breakbot exploded in the latter part of that that decade, making careers by stripping away the sheen and presenting a raw, rock-oriented dance vibe. And I, I think there's really a case to be made that that... That's a true statement. That blog this bloghouse
2: comes out. Of blog,
1: this. yeah. Bloghouse, bloghouse enters the frame. Maybe, maybe it was a little like, bit after this, but, but yeah, right here. This is you know, like the this justice is, record yeah. explodes it. Yeah, borrowing all of these sounds. Absolutely. So th- like that. That's a really these interesting
2: point. These are peak Soulwax years. Yeah, and
3: also we talk about. I mean, you know, I know Chemical Brothers beat out the uh, this album for the Grammys, but we talk about. Chemical Brothers changing in 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 yeah. after at, you know, this you know two thousand what is it two thousand seven uh, you know like just I moving know. forward Chemical Brothers even has a different sound yeah. yeah um that I love I I love the sounds that come out of this this mm-hmm. uh, I, I do and, and 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 you know I think I think. I'm oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think that give credit where credit's due. I mean, you know, we've said it a few times. We all stand on shoulders of giants. Whether you like this album or not, this is a shoulders that a lot of things that a lot of people like yeah. uh, and an, an insane amount are standing on the shoulders of this album. And, and I
2: think th- I think this album stands on the shoulder. Like, I think yeah. this album has night version stuff in it. Yeah, yes. absolutely. You know, because that comes out the year before Soul Wax is remixing them during they, this album These came cycle. out the same year.
1: Two thousand five. Was it two thousand five? Yeah. So I these. Night versions was two thousand four. Uh no. Uh, they were yeah. Th- both two thousand five. So that but it's the same. Yeah. So this came out March of of two thousand five. Night versions from Soulwax. I feel like it was a little bit after this. It, yeah, but it's the same. But it's like parallel. Time, thinking. I think I could they're, be wrong. They're working together. This was September of two thousand five. So it's like sure. six months later.
3: Right, and so so like you know I, I i i mentioned this earlier too cuz you 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 guys are aware and i i think i brought it up a few times on the show i love the white stripes i love that garage rock energy and again i i feel like this album does a lot at a a a somewhat a, you know an electronic yeah. interpretation of that energy yeah. as well like you know again track by track we'll get into it but but there is there's a path from you know, the early 2000s till now that gets us here yeah. and there's a path from Absolutely. this album to where music goes and it is a it is a direct so point again, on that impacting before and after, you know?
1: To, to reiterate, Human After All was released at a very precarious moment in dance music history. The explosion of electronic music from the 90s had subsided, but the EDM craze was still a few years away. In that lull of dance music interest, Daft Punk released this weird, fuzzy record that just confused everybody this that's what this boils down to is this record confused everybody in just a few years though uh human after all would become the backbone of daft punk's revolutionary alive 2007 world tour and feelings about human after all would change completely pedro winter their manager said years later when we put out human after all i got a lot of bad feedback like it's so repetitive there's nothing new daft punk used to be good Then they came back with the light show and everybody shut their mouths. People even even apologized. Like, how could we have misjudged Daft Punk? The live show changed everything. Even if if I'm a part of it, I like to step back and admire it. Me, I cried the first time I saw it. Uh, Seeing people respond positively to human after all uh, – after Alive 2007 provided the boys with some redemption after, uh, you know, that negative res- reception the in- uh, the album initially got. Tomas said that the album was the music we wanted to make at the time that we did it. We have always strongly felt that there was a logical connection between the three albums, and it's great to see that people seem to realize that. When they listen to the That's
3: all show. you want An artist to do man That yeah. right there I, You know what I, I Again There is merit to all, all of these reviews And the criticism at, at a certain level You know if Would we have a different album Would we have an album That was more like The album we wanted If they spent more time on it Sure But yeah. again From the mouth uh, yeah. Of the man himself so This what is what they wanted to do Yeah This is not You know This isn't a failure By Daft Punk By any stretch of imagination Again I want to reiterate They put out the album yeah. They wanted to put it's out It's
1: not a failure By Daft Punk It's a failure for you to not appreciate but, what know, that fuck wanted to I do. would <laughs>
2: say they're the one failure that they made <laughs> it's face at that. they spend like uh, just all these hours like yeah. justifying why they've <laughs> no
3: <laughs> I just yeah. I think that it's important though to say that I, I, I believe the failure is the one they acknowledge not talking about this album yeah. not not giving us the context we need to understand it I mean part but, but again is that a, a, you know at the time that was an artistic choice they made um, and you know like again all I want artists to do is make the art they
2: want to make absolutely unapologetically and that's what they did mm. and with that or do you have a- I was going to say nobody's first instrument is a synthesizer no it's a guitar and you play loud distorted guitar and all of these groups make a return to this at some point yeah. Soul Wax starts as a loud guitar band they're the rock kids who make dance music after everyone finds an entry yeah. point into dance music but rock and roll is usually the first thing and I like when you see groups do this absolutely. this return to their rock thing
1: return to the rock And with that, let's go track by track. Let's do it. Track one Human After All. That's like the the wet sound I like. That is so wet.
2: So the the word is I don't know if this is true. I don't know if we confirmed it, but people have said that they used um, a bass wah pedal on every track on the album, and I and I think that I think that sound. It's a synthesized sound, maybe with a vocoder as the bass. With that pedal on, yeah. I think that they is were, that sound that
1: they wow. they absolutely were using guitar pedals on synthesizers in like I don't I don't, that's I don't the know I don't know what I think yeah. that's what that is I I don't know what they've said just like it was a synthesizer it was a Moog with a, a a pedal yeah they never said specifically what kind but yeah like that is a weird that's a wild thing to to like run a Moog synth through a guitar pedal or a bass pedal. That's crazy. And like
2: I, up, I think it's a I, I don't know which base wah it is, but it I think it's
1: I I could not find specifics, but uh
2: um the Digitech X series bass synth wah. That's what we think it is. We don't have they there's never There's no said, proof. Yeah. It's just other people have said it or seen it or whatever. Um that's a really fun pedal. I've had a Digitech synth wah before and it is really cool it's uh, running running keyboards through that's very fun
1: that yeah i i honestly as like a non-music i didn't even know that that was a thing you could do like run a keyboard through a pet like a bass pedal like that but they like that i think that like that wet yeah. like that comes through the entire record that's, that's like, like they a call running... it a
2: wah because that's the noise of wah. yeah that that wow. that noise wow. that wet
1: splat Yeah. That is a runner through the whole album.
3: It's it's I mean, again, it's it's a testament towards their brains that even even when (laughs) even when (laughs) wait guys
1: this is a testament to their
3: brains. (laughs) I mean really but but even limiting yourself to six weeks with some basic equipment, they still are finding these crazy creative ways to make new sounds. And again, I think it's pretty
2: damn cool. I've got a theory. Yes. That I have No way of confirming, and I I could be wrong, because I spent two weeks recording and four weeks mixing. I know that the song's length and lack of movement are a choice. I'm wondering if it's also a limitation of the gear that they do not have a sequencer. Because usually you've got a sequencer where you're like, all right, these four bars and then a different four bars play. I don't think they had a sequencer. So it's not like, all right, here's the first chunk of the song and the next one. These feel like... Each instrument is a take, right? Yeah. It's like the bass they play is one take of them playing through the song. The drums are one take of the drums, not we've sequenced the verse parts together, we've sequenced the chorus well, parts they, together. They didn't,
1: yeah. They they weren't they had two guitars. Yeah. They didn't use actual basses. They didn't use actual drums. But yeah, they used way less equipment on this album than they use like what have otherwise I mean just recorder. the difference
3: between using a, a a some type of digital sequencer or even analog sequencer or whatever the hell uh, and using an eight track recorder. I mean, you are I mean, the way that an eight track works or, or an actual track recorder is, you, you know, you're the idea like in Ableton where we where we will flatten a track down to get rid of the effects or whatever. You're essentially going to flatten. Multiple takes into one yeah. take, and that is the, that is what this, is on the recorder now. I mean, that's one, it. This this there's song no going of, back. Like
1: there's there's not like there's not a break where it becomes something new, but they whip that human after all like that they whip it into a fever pitch by the end. I think they do it without changing. They don't change. Yeah, they Cause just like
2: when they would play live for homework, they had the elesis MTT eight, which is the brain of the show, right? right? Like Ableton's the brain of the show for a yeah. So the, you know, the sequencer is like, we've recorded all of the parts and we've cut them up into little bars. So now it's time to play the parts that are the chorus. So you right. can change where it's like with an eight track recorder, I recorded three minutes of music and then you record three minutes of music over that and three minutes of music over that. And that's just the song it's yeah, right. structure like that. There's but that's, no chopping or moving. Right. But or, that's the
3: idea, too, is is like if you need more than eight tracks, you have to combine yeah. two tracks as to one yeah. right. track. You can no so longer edit that ever again. For
2: them to whip up the groove this way, it means they're doing it
1: with manually the, the
2: song and the sounds. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. not doing it like with the Um, the, but they're not doing it with like dubs or tracks or whatever they're yeah. do, like they're physically they're doing it with well, like twisting i mean and, and there's none louder. of what
3: you said none of what we talked about before of honestly i don't even know what that sound is we've run it through so many things digitally and analog and all of this i mean you don't have the opportunity to do that in this yeah. you know well, so there's I don't no know
1: that that's true because there there are some wild noises on this record yeah, And i mean
2: they do mix it for four weeks but yeah. it's not it's i don't it doesn't feel like they did it in the way they did discovery,
1: right? Absolutely, yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, just the
3: opportunity with the limited amount of you know, with a finite, you know, with a finite amount of technology. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, again, this is a this is a jam. This song's a jam. I, I do love this song. Yeah, I, this I,
2: grooves, it yeah, it really it's, does. It's
1: a good groove. It like it really whips up to a frenzy by the end. That. That really hits, but yeah, there's not... Again, there's just not a ton of movement.
3: It is it. it is a good intro for this album. Yeah. It really is. It sets yeah. the tone for what we're going to get in, a, in a way
2: that's... We talked about it in our well group done. chat earlier. I think a lot of the lack of movement is both in the production, but also particularly in the drums. Yeah, yeah. You don't have a lot of drum fills. You don't have a lot of yeah. drum changes. You're not like, adding and moving are, hi-hats. They, it's just
1: the drums for the song. They, they talked so much about how they wanted... Take the ideas of house music and present them as more traditional song structures with Discovery, they got rid of all of that with this. Yeah. They they made they made house songs into singles on Discovery. And in this, they're just like, Here's this like here's this groove we found and we're gonna let it go for six here's minutes. Here's two bars. Two bars, and we're not going to change. We're them. not going to change these two bars for five minutes. Yeah, uh, it is a t- completely different. It's like way. they wrote
2: like rock songs, like house songs. Yeah,
1: let's just play the
2: same two bars of rock music Absolutely. over and over yeah. and over. No intro, no outro, no verse, no, no chorus, chorus, no let's bridge. Just vibe there's, out to these yeah, two bars there's there's of no rock bridge. and roll. Like, I mean, but that's no a weird way, no way to think of and it. That's what it is. It's right? rock so, music played like old house so music.
1: So we, we we talked a little bit about how like. These guys are at the forefront of the technology of this kind of music, but they're always looking back uh, for their inspiration. They, they looked back to the house music they liked in the club to make homework. They looked back to this synth plop, pop glam rock stuff that they grew up on from the 80s for Discovery. They looked back to the hair metal of the eighties for this album. This is their rock album. And like, there's a very specific moment in pop culture where all of these sounds come from that they like cultivated for this thing. And it is very weird to think like, we're going to make a hair metal record, but it's going to adhere to the structure of, of house music. And what you get is just this, like, yeah, these like driving noises that are really intricate and, or not intricate, like really intriguing and interesting. But there's there's not there's not the build and the and the additive portion of the yeah. house music that you're really yeah
3: yeah I, I I mean notably for me in in Human After All specifically but but really throughout the whole album I'm talking about the the track but throughout the whole album I think one of the things that they get right later on in Ram um, that that. Again, it, it maybe it just doesn't apply to this album, but the empty space that Ram has, this album does not have. And some of that is the flatness of the drums. Some of that is the, the wetness of the vocals. Some of it is the wetness of everything. Um, but this album, you know, it does, it lacks that. It lacks that empty space that somehow, even in the noisiest moments of discovery, somehow that empty space that gives it the sonic vast landscape is always for the most part in discovery it's always there um unless it's intentionally not there and i think it's the same in ram um, homework you know again it's it, we don't have that that brilliant of empty space uh, but that's not that that's, that's a, not that genre. that's a
2: lesson i'm really trying to learn because i'm it i feel so i i think that like let's feel the track is an insecurity. Yeah. I'm not confident enough in the melodies or the parts or the production yeah. of my drums or my bass line to just let them stand alone. So I need to fill them with layers of stuff. Right. I don't hey. think that's what they're doing here, but I would like yeah. to learn that lesson from Rams production. Yeah.
1: This was, this was the third single off the record. Uh, it wasn't a huge hit. It just peaked at like number 93 in France. Didn't even hit the U S charts. It was released uh, October 21, 2005 uh, it's the only single from Human After All uh, that was released with no video. Tomas and Guimon were working on one, but they held off and expanded the idea they had for this video into the experimental film Electroma that we will be covering in a couple weeks. Yep. Um, so that that's interesting. Um,
2: October 2005, I went out for Halloween with Steve Deal and Jacob and Bethany and Dee. We walked around uh, the neighborhood over there. I had a venom mask that i had bought because i really liked spider-man hell yeah What a great year for me what a great
1: year what a great year for you uh yeah you everybody was basking in the glow of human after all the single coming out (laughs) uh daft punk produced a track for the debut album of japanese hip-hop group the teriyaki boys the song heartbreaker was the band's first (laughs) single released november of 2006 uh let's let's listen to a second of this (sighs) I in the your boy i don't know what it means that daft punk produced a track for a Japanese hip hop group and they just sampled their own music. I can't, I remember I the Teriyaki Boys. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I don't know what to do with that information. It reminds
2: me of a couple of years ago when I hadn't heard anything from Andy Melanakis, and then I just saw him in the background of a Japanese <laughs> trap video of like some like really like oh, wavy yeah. trap music. I was like, "Hell yeah." Uh,
1: yeah, I like to to sample your own song to help produce a song for another group. I don't know what to do with that information. That's crazy. I truly
2: think I not to go back to my songs or window into the groove it's all one thing yeah put the groove in yeah, there fucking, put the groove put, in here put the, the groove everywhere group. who put cares? the groove ever,
1: yeah. belongs everywhere yeah the
2: groove the, the groove honestly the we group. had our version of the groove but let's put it in your song and see what your version the of the groove is it's in the heart the in The, the groove is in the heart <laughs> 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 we're gonna do a D-Light podcast D-Lightning
1: a podcast has to have some sort of punny name yeah absolutely D-Lightning Uh, Track two, prime time of your life.
2: to say here i
3: love i love this song so much when it starts i i am so interested in all of the noises when it starts i
1: i think that all of those noises combined into that moment i just like the break yeah that's that's one of the best moments on the album i agree it's like these like these disparate noises i agree that come together into that break and they let that they they let that carry the rest of the song. This that break is is one of the, the highlights of the entire. This album.
3: song ends with the um. So, so I I do want to point out I, I am very interested in in how this song builds. I, I love it. Uh, I, I, so, it's very um,
1: very cool. I want to talk about that specifically yeah. because this is an example of a shuffle beat. Yes, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, so that this type of uh, beat structure originated in swing and R and B. Uh, and then it was used by glam rock bands like Gary Glitter, uh, before finding a new home in minimal techno. So in this, in a shuffle beat, the kick drum is shuffled to offbeat emphasis, and uh, the in this song specifically, the shuffle beat speeds up, uh, uh, and, and overtakes the song. It becomes a fever pitch. Yeah, it like turns uh, into triplets the longer yeah. it goes. So it, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so the this shuffle beat. Uh, is present throughout the whole track as it goes and then that after that part that I played the shuffle beat just it becomes this like noise uh uh anthem so this is this is toward the end of this song this is the shuffle beat just becoming n- n- um something else entirely like like that that's not that that is not music that is that is a creating way, a soundscape that,
2: the that, way that is played it does not sound musical because it's so noisy but if they stripped out some of the distortion yeah. there and it was slower the other thing that's so they, they rare do a about tempo. this track is they turn it up they yeah t- they, they yeah. push the that tempo never happens there. yeah they didn't expect anyone to ever dj this music no no no, no that this, yeah no it, it is
1: like, they are creating a, a sonic a sonic wave here like the end of this track the last two minutes of it or whatever it's not a song so much it is it is just like this all-encompassing noise if you turn this way up and let that last two minutes just overtake you it's very powerful this this really um, powerful
3: this ending of this song is um you know i think it's it's I don't know. In in my my brain, it comes from the same energy that gets us the scratching part of rolling and scratching, but it doesn't have the relief, right? And I think that these two energies that roll the scratching from rolling and scratching early on, just the envelope hitting the fever pitch, and then this tempo up um, noise. I think that those two energies combine to the what will be the climax of the ultimate. Daft Punk song last song contact uh, you know again it, yeah. it ends in that same way of making you know it's not it doesn't have the tempo go up as much but it, it it's the only other time that I can think of in all of Daft Punk's um tracks that we get attention without uh without a, uh, a release at the end uh, is this song yeah. um and then contact the very last moment we we never get a, a relief for the the very last build um so so I do like I this this is one of my favorite tracks on the album and it's not one I always like to listen to. Um you know, and that's a weird thing to say about this. I love this song as a piece of art. It is not one of my favorite it's songs a bunch per of
1: se. Wet splats. It really Here's is what I think.
2: Here's what I think. I think one of the parts is them doing like mouth noises through the vocoder and then running that through the Digitech walk cuz it sounds like these yes. like just what? sounds, what? yeah, yeah, and I think they're running that through the synth and then running that. Through
3: but the you pedal. get that because you get that everywhere too. Because you get that in in you know we'll get to emotion, but you get that same yeah. stuff yeah. in There's, the background and yeah. emotion. But this, this same sounds. Stuff. This
2: is so in the front, and it, it truly sounds like they're not trying to disguise what that is like yeah. that's supposed yeah. to sound
3: all like of that. the the yes come, do it, come and all those mouth noises and stuff they're ever present for the rest of this album they're there you can hear them in, in, yeah. in Technologic. you can you can hear them you can hear them everywhere you can hear them on emotion that's it's one of those there's just the, the running sounds yeah. that exist on this album which we haven't really seen happen in the past with daft punk where they lock onto. A specific, you know, it's almost like it, the rock mentality of this is our arrangement. This is our um, this is our two guitars, our bass, our synth, and our drums. That's what we're working with on every song, and that's why a band. That's a really
2: good point. It is. I mean, when it is band, it's the instrumentation
3: that they have. You know, you yeah. know, you know a, a a rock band's album. You know, I I can tell the difference between White Stripes albums because I know what the instrumentation is for the live show. You know, this is the sound they have for the whole thing, and that's what Daft Monk has here again in yeah. the in the. The, the rock band when mentality.
2: You, when you've got four, you know, people in a band, yeah. you know that every record's going to be the drummer, the bassist, and the two guitarists, and one of them yeah. singing. And that never happened in Daft Punk. You in electronic music doesn't happen. You don't have that. You're. I mean, I'm going. This song's going to be drums, and I'm going to do violins, and then two synths, and then this. You can do whatever yeah. you want. That's a, that's how they thought. Yeah, about I mean, it's more. The they gave like, themselves rock They gave themselves
3: rock a, a rock cage whether it's yeah, the framework cool. of production or it's the instrumentation or you know again this album comes in at 45 minutes you know 45 minutes 30 seconds yeah, or something. absolutely it's by
1: far they shortest. by far
3: um and, um and and you know that that is not a ridiculously you know that's a short dance album that is not necessarily a short rock album right. you know it's it's you know it's kind that of gonna be a long rock That's kind of par for the yeah. course for a
1: rock oh, album yeah. so this was the fourth uh final sing- and final single um and the last uh, uh si- i guess they put out a single off Alive of live 2007, do you think this is optimistic it was what do you mean the 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 lyrical content no. i think
2: this sounds optimistic the prime time of your life is now live it but in the, co- the
1: sandwich between the rest of the album it and feels grim the noise that's never getting better the than sound this. of that Th- this is not an op- this this is like the the this is like guttural sounding yeah. music. This is not, this is not happy. None of this music is happy sounding. Cause like, this is not just a happy sounding to someone
2: song. divorced from the context of yeah. what we're talking about, the prime time of your life, it's now, but it's live like, it.
1: A, if, okay, but if, but you're, if you're saying if you're like, saying, oh, the prime yeah, so if, if I'm going spewing, like, if I'm going like, if, if you say it prime it time of your life and the I'm going, the prime time Ugh. of your life is now, live no. uh, 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 no. it. No. Here you go. But but the
3: other side of it too, you know, me reading, trying to read into a narrative here. This could be, you know, if the album is a narrative, you know, this could be a narrative of that time that we don't have post discovery, which, which human after all, you know They're realizing They're I, human after all They're not performing anymore And then The prime yeah. time of your life They're trying to live it And at first It does feel optimistic But then it no, goes yeah. Into the fever pitch And I think then It, it is does, informed To the rest of the album It does not
1: feel optimistic The first thing you hear Is just like a wet splat There's nothing optimistic About this song I don't know I it's enjoy not. it feels I, I feel one, The beginning I of the feel, song feel Feels more upbeat than It feels upbeat and groovy It's so got that it's like, Okay So let's talk about it then So they enlist Their friend Tony Gardner Yes To do the music video For this song That you guys Think is optimistic. I uh, think
3: in the narrative he, of the album, it is the optimism that we know is going to go I, wrong, I, I like think, in, yeah. in the scene of a movie. It's I, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the yeah. status quo that's going to be destroyed, and that's what's going to make so this the whole narrative thing was happen. written
1: in two weeks. I don't think that there's a, a an emotional movement in it at all. I think that that I all of this music was written in the same two week period. Uh, from Gimon's quote, we know that maybe Tomas was not in a, in a great mental space in this moment. All of this music is dark. This is this is the darkest we're gonna see Daft Punk. I I don't think that there's any shred I of feel optimism. I like this the track in this
2: starts in a because it speeds up, yeah. stuff, it and gets so gross by the end. I feel like it starts like kind of like with a smile and yeah, a lilt I in the agree. drums, and then
1: you just watch it
2: frown. <laughs> I think it's fun and weird. In the, <laughs> the beginning, like, so has a ding ding ding. D- din, yeah, you know. It, it, so Tony it, it, Tony uh, a,
1: uh, he designed the robot helmets. That's that that's the guy. Uh, what and, else
2: do we know about Tony that we learned this weekend?
1: Uh, oh, he—he uh, he, uh, he, he, Tony Gardner's company Alterion created the half helmet head that um Leslie that Leslie and wears <laughs> in surf ninja
2: <laughs> we were okay we, we watched, know that from watching the credits of surf ninja
1: we watch surf ninja which is this crazy movie starring Rob Schneider and <laughs> and, and Ernie Reyes Jr from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 about teenagers who love to surf and then learn to turn f- to be ninjas become kings of uh, they become country. kings of a fictional country called Patusan we watched that movie this weekend, and as we were talking, as the as the credits were rolling, and I just out of the corner of my eye saw, uh, <laughs> costuming by Alterion Inc. Tony Gardner's company, he made this crazy fake robot head that Leslie Nielsen wears throughout. It's
2: like a half. It's it looks like half of a Daft Punk. Yeah, it helmet. really does look half. Like- it's incredible. <laughs>
1: so it came out like '93. So. <laughs> what if? What if he dug out the from a crate like his design for What that, if Leslie
2: Nielsen's been in the Daft Punk well, yeah, the whole may, time? Maybe well,
1: maybe may well could it's, have.
2: That was a really crazy
1: coincidence. Yeah. Of shit. So Tony Gardner uh, has done a lot of creative stuff with Daft Punk over the years. Around this time, he he worked on the Technologic video, um, helping them with that little so, that little gross guy. <laughs> We'll talk about the little gross guy. And um, he helped with the Electroma movie. He was like, he was indispensable uh, on Electroma. Tony Gardner wrote and directed the video for Primetime of Your Life, which is unabashedly the most disturbing thing that Daft Punk has ever done. And... It stars Tony Gardner's then 11-year-old daughter. That's his I actual daughter. you were going to say
2: Tony Gardner's then daughter.
1: Uh uh no <laughs> yeah. His
2: actual <laughs> she's daughter. She's no longer his daughter. They had a fall out.
1: <laughs> his actual 11-year-old daughter is the the girl in the video. Yeah. Um uh if you haven't seen it, uh the girl cannot stop seeing skeletons in her family photos and on TV and she's like uh, she's looking at herself and looking at these skeletons and something's wrong. So she goes into the bathroom and she finds a razor blade in the bathroom and starts cutting her skin off down to the muscle. She tears her own skin off uh, and becomes just like the musculature of a human. Uh, and then... We see the the parent, her parents that we have only seen as skeletons come into the room and see her lifeless body on the ground. Yeah. Uh, this um,
2: is, we're recording this during uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. And I was uh, watching this on my phone, but there was also a uh, work thing for a mental health, like, summit. It was, like, a thing talking about mental health in the workplace. It was very disorienting yeah, yeah. hearing people talk on the screen about, like um like awareness of some of these kinds of things and then watching this this, right it it is
1: honestly it is a it's a per like it's a really powerful visual interpretation of what this entire album is about because it's about it this this is about the power of media yeah this girl can it's about body dysmorphia an impossible beauty standard. Truly, for the video truly, you're talking about, though the but, like, most like, base I, I, definition I, I, of body dysmorphia. Yeah, you know? I don't. Like, I do That's want... what. But that's what this album is about. It's about the. It's about yeah. your brain and your worldview being manipulated by a by a, a media structure that you cannot escape from. Right. No, I it's mean, about that's... what if robots could play the guitar? <laughs> we can all well, agree I mean, this I album mean, is what if a robot it, had a guitar? I, I think
3: that there. You know, we can look at the media they put out alongside like yes that's a good thing but also that's what i think this that, whole album's about I, I think i think that okay so so look at the, the 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 human after all single cover right it's an old tv through a newer tv you know that's the the single cover it's a, okay you know so like like again like yes there's there's i think it is all through this lens of we see what they want us to no, see or think, whatever like, that, something like that. We're
1: so re- that we're so removed from reality that we're 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 what, looking at a TV through I another TV.
3: Don't disagree with your interpretation of the entire album. I just I think that this song is the upbeat song on the album, and regardless of what the video is, that's I mean, crazy to me. It, it it doesn't feel it doesn't start off feeling. It reminds Bad. me,
2: I, this, all right, to me. Uh, well, when Clickhold describes Star Wars as "What if a screaming dog could have a gun?" It's very <laughs> funny to be like, if they had done an interview, and they were like, "This is actually our album about what if a robot could play the guitar." <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: The the upbeat song on the album is track three, "Robot Rock." Woo! Yeah, that, like I said, the that the groove of this song absolutely undeniable. The the what the hindrance of this song is that it's five and a half minutes with how little movement. However, but you could
3: paint a narrative to this if you really wanted to, of the prime time of your life, live it, and they were living it as robots and made discovery, and it all feels the same and repetitive to them. You could read as much into it as you want if you wanted to craft a narrative. And I think that there could be some merit to that there. I don't
2: know if I'm diving that deep in, <laughs> but it is... It is. I think a form follows function thing yeah, of yeah. this is called robot rock and it rocks and it rocks, but it is going to be mechanical and wrong robotic. and yeah. repetitive. That's Absolutely. it's very cool to write a song
1: that sounds robotic. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and it does. Um, it, this was the album's first single biggest hit charted in 12 countries, reached number one on the UK dance chart, number 15 on the U S dance chart. I believe it's also the fight
3: scene with war machine in iron man Two
1: very well could um, be. does it I think, say I think when pretty, it charted pretty much it is uh i n- um, no, this came out probably just a little bit before that record right yeah this this i mean th- this song is is, is
3: an undoubt uh, undoubtedly yeah, so it was number 70 good song 79 on the french charts is is there a a radio version that's not yeah, the, the the
1: video version, the single version is three and a half. Minutes. All right, that makes much. That more makes sense. W-
3: yeah, because I remember loving Robot Rock and not thinking this is way too long. Yeah, and what's the, going yeah, on. and they, I was listening to yeah. the album again uh, this weekend. I'm yeah, single like, version. The
1: single version is like three and a half minutes.
3: Yeah, I I mean again, I, it's tough to to. I don't know. I don't. I, three uh, three good songs in a row I think again with the same yeah. complaint of of of
2: you know i i, it I it higher than around the oh no it didn't
1: no didn't. no it didn't
2: yeah this is not in order i'm looking at the billboard stuff i'm just curious what was the number one song like what were the other dance songs oh, that were charting i've got right. it. i think i've got it here that's crazy yeah Ro- I,
1: robot rock was released so it was 15 that week this week it, it was released ele- uh april 11th 2005 so
2: April 11th yep and it charted so it charted a couple weeks later um Mariah Carey it's like that the remix was number one I'll be your freak by Nordy koto <laughs> is number three whatever that is
3: yeah, yeah, whatever like that what
1: is that what does any of this mean what is None any of, of
3: it, what is any of that I mean it is a little bleak uh
1: a bleak time in music <laughs> <We've> <laughs> yeah this is like sure. like we talked about that this is a lull in dance music this is This is kind of a lull for all music. Yeah, I mean, like the music industry in general in the early two thousands. Yeah, I mean we are we are
3: we're at really so so this is the rise really of of that you know, emo hard emo to hardcore side yeah. of things. You know, this right That's now what round. we're what we're getting in this era is what's going to bring us dubstep later. Yeah. You know, it's so it's, for it's, us, it's the, but for like
2: us. music yeah. at large was was doing different stuff. Yeah. Mariah yeah. Carey was she had the number one song of the year as well. You know? I'm just I guess one of, like
3: yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So the My,
1: video the video was directed by the boys themselves. Uh their first uh self directed video um since fresh and it was the first video that prominently featured the robots yeah. uh um all videos in the human after all era have that fuzzy fuzzy 1970s like special presentation thing that slides onto uh screen before the video starts and they're all kind of filmed in this like lo-fi glitzy of like 1970s era like live tv yeah. music stuff we
2: see a huge return to that in the visual style yeah. of watching
1: yeah watching this video like the fuzziness and the the yeah. oversaturation of these videos it's like very instagrammy they and have this the, like like this out of focus like fuzzy thing that's like this it's looks cool.
2: like this looks like the rock and roll part of yeah the 70s right yeah
1: they shoot the disco
2: part of it with ram that's with true get lucky with all that absolutely it's, it's like you're watching two
1: halves of the same half hour of TV if Absolutely. you watch these music videos. The, the is just them playing, playing the double neck guitar and, and drums. It's very cool. It
2: looks just like Get Lucky or leave Yeah, yourself to it's cool.
1: With them. But the, yeah, there's not a ton that goes on. It's cool. Uh, Tomas said, if you take Robot Rock that it's a tribute to the power of heavy rock chords. In a way, I think we were exploring if you could take the essence of rock, that power, and mix it with dance. But to take a riff and loop it uh, is to explore the core of rock.
2: And this is a, uh, a sampled riff. So
1: yeah, the this the rock chords are a direct sample from the 1980 song Release the Beast from this funk soul band Breakwater.
2: Good name. Yeah,
1: hell yeah. And um, this, this is honestly one of this is Daft Punk's most just like flat out one. sample here. Yeah. Here's this.
4: Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's very obvious. You always assume
2: that the guitar is what they take. But the synth is in there too. You yeah. like whenever I would hear it, I'd be like, "Yeah, this is the sampled one, but the synth is there. Yeah.
1: It's all there on top of the sample." They used a Moog synth and a guitar pedal to complete the track, and yeah, like this is an entirely different way to sample than we've previously seen from Daft Punk. Um, a more robotic way of a sampling. Robotic way. A more improvised way, right? This like, uh, and maybe that's not necessarily true. Maybe from the Daft Punk project. This is a, a a different way from sampling. That this is not a different way of sampling that we've seen from roulette and Crydomore stuff. That like is true. Lifting something, lifting something and making a nine minute spin out of one moment from a song.
2: That is true. This is something they've always done. This is something some they've ways. always
1: done. This is a new thing for Daft Punk. This is not a new thing for them. And I I um I found so yeah, this is this is just like instead of like meticulously crafting each noise, they found a groove and they brought it to the forefront and they created a new vibe from that. And this this is this is a longer quote from Tomas, but it's an interesting thing I found. He from a Q and A he did with Anthem Magazine, uh, just about sampling. Uh, uh here we go. Almost like creating fake samples, which we have done, especially in Discovery, where people think there are samples from disco records or funk records there where there are no samples at all. I've stumbled upon these posts online where people are like... Look at these samples, and half of them are not true. The samples that we used, uh, the samples we have used, have always been cleared, and it's very blatant. There are hardly any credits on human after all, except in the case of robot rock, uh, where the sample is Breakwater. I think that sampling is always something that we've always completely legitimately done. It's not something we've hidden. It's almost a partisan or ideological way of making music, sampling things and being sampled. On my label, uh, we've been using, uh, uh, we've been doing records that are nine minutes with only a single one second loop, uh, even with less foundation than there is on robot rock. It's always been a way to reinterpret things, something, uh, it's using an element of something from the past or something, recreating them and fooling the eyes and the ears. It's just like a fun thing to do.
2: You listen, you know. They listen to fourteen thousand records. We consume all of this shit. Part of the discovery of discovery, what they do during those years with Roulette and Credimore, is the discovery of it. I can listen to one thousand minutes of music and identify one the two second. catchiest seconds yeah. of it and keep it going and make it a party. That's an incredible thing. But yeah. also, I think that there's a couple cases where they.
3: You know, I don't know. Thinking about Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, that's pretty much a direct lift. You know, it really is a, co- a Cola. Uh, that, yeah,
2: but it's that, still, that it's song still, and this
1: song are the two most obvious. Samples. But right.
2: Still, you listen to all of this shit and yeah. you can fi- even if you find the two bars or whatever, just listening to all of this stuff, you know, like we, you can watch a movie and find the two seconds of music in the movie that are gonna that's yeah. a song yeah. you can being able to hear that and yeah. like like hone in on that's an incredible thing. well and i
3: think a lot of it too is you know we watch a bunch of movies together and stuff a lot of finding the right thing it, it isn't always about the thing it's about a mood or a feeling that it gave us as a group and we try sure. to figure that out so how much of it is you know again like to, 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 to reflect on a comment i made earlier art's about the interpreter not about the product, right? So how much of the right sample is about the
2: interpretation of that sample, I think, is I think uh, when your ears perk up and it's like, hey, stop everybody, that's it. Yeah. There's something there. Yeah. And this is this those, you know, two bars of whatever that rock song was, that's not what the song is.
1: Yeah. Amen after that. There's also like like another big notable one They took that they directly took that part of that song. No doubt about it, but they created an entirely new vibe. Right. Out that's of like it. the
2: intro to a song that's about to do a verse and a chorus and yeah. a bunch of other yeah. shit.
1: That's saying no. This is the song. this is the groove. There are and, moments yeah. and in like that that in its essence and its hate like in its beginning. That's what. That's House. House music I've was, played right? i two
2: things together, and these four seconds, let's keep playing them let's all Let's keep
1: night. playing them for 20 minutes. That's what House music is. And people that don't understand why you can hear this and, and think like, oh, Daft Punk stole... Like It's not stealing. It's in right. reinterpreting into something brand new. House music is about taking these common musical noises that we've all heard and making them something that we've never heard.
2: I truly... I'm always interested in having discussions with people about things and music and whatever. I love talking about it. When someone broaches the subject of sampling and remix and stuff and they start being like, well, actually, yeah. I just I don't have Tune that it conversation. Out. It's not me. That's You're the, not yeah. one of me, and you don't, you don't like the it. stuff I like, yeah. and we're not friends. Right? I mean, that's I mean, like, <laughs> and fuck you <laughs> again. Like, 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 go to hell and don't come over my house again, and don't talk to my wife. Don't like, ever talk to my talk wife. Don't talk to my ever wife, ever wife about sampling. Again. Don't talk
1: to my kids about sampling. If
3: you
2: look at my kids and talk about sampling. Don't introduce. But to bring ideas. up if, if, to bring up,
3: uh, but but like, so so. I agree with you completely, and, and again, I, to two weeks in a row, bring up Dilla. Donuts is the perfect example yeah. of that. I think Donuts is its own thing. It is absolutely one hundred percent its own piece of of, of 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 music, of art, of of whatever. Even though there are so many yeah. samples and, and and borrowed sounds and all of that fun stuff uh, across that entire album. All right, track four,
1: Steam Machine. Undeniably, those little pops on top of that... (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's an incredible groove like, yeah like, but, that's, but
3: like, i will again say is it incredible enough to be five minutes and 21 seconds of that uh i mean this is this, is this is one of my favorite tracks on the record i that. do love this track but i yeah. also i also think there's a uh a, a fully realized version of this later um
1: so it's believed to be thomas's Tomás's voice on the track um it's industrial minimal noise but it It's only 92 beats per minute, making it almost disorienting in a way because it's a lot of noises we're used to at a much faster pace. Yeah. Like it's, it's really a fascinating construction of a track. This is an industrial house track at 92 beats a minute that like it, like I'm ready to groove, but it's, it's slowed down and it's dark and muddied And that, that pop on top makes it groovier. I love this track.
2: It's good. This is one that I sped up this week, you know, while I was listening to it. When I'm working on music now, if I want to like figure out a complex, you know, hi hat thing or whatever, I'll just turn the tempo knob down on the track and noodle around with it. I don't think that's an option when you're composing music in 2005 the way they're composing it. So it's not like this was a track they wrote at 125 and took down. This is something they said. Let's compose a dance track and then play it slow. And it, it, it it's
1: compelling. It's dark. Is that a, a thing on on YouTube? I can just play that. Like back if speed. you hit like the gear, you want or me to something? do one point two five. Yeah. All right. So let's just hear what this sounds like, sped up. Then um, this is Steam Machine at um, what, um, five quarter speed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Is coming in a little fast, yeah. but the beat behind. So, like, I would say if you if you let that beat land, but then that wah, 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 if you kind of if you could manipulate yeah. that back down a little bit. That would be that would be that's a, a that would be a club track, yeah. That's in there. If you could, if you could, um, rein in the because that that's a yeah. little too fast at that point. It but flutters. Um, but it is. That's but the a, rest that's a of compelling it, compelling dance yeah. track. Yeah, they chose yeah, not like to make it a dance track. They yeah, I I think you're right. I like it, but it it is like I said, you're you're expecting it to be, and you're expecting all of that to become an industrial track it's all of the makings of an industrial track the party's still going
2: but you're slowing down yeah right yeah things have like you've done the wrong things and you've
1: planned the night weird and you're (laughs) starting to move (laughs) Uh slow Uh and everything else is still going quick um, (laughs) i mean we're we're going to have an entire episode about alive 2007 but that is one of my low-key favorite books moments in the whole thing is that steam machine break yeah um uh before uh that yeah before the big the big track that everybody knows like that yeah um that 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 movement on that song uh resonates with me
2: when you play it live it is very techno very yeah. industrial yeah
1: it's it's a good track it's man. a it's an industrial track just slowed down to this weird muddied thing
2: it's just i i can now if you did that it would be so easy you just turn down the knob. Yeah. That was that was a track written at that speed. That's a very cool thing to do.
1: Yeah. Um, and then we've got uh track five, make love. <laughs>
2: This sounds so of the era they're like this it's not daft punk but there were so many bands i listened to that sounded like this this grainy lo-fi kind of like moody yeah.
1: there there are a, a lot of the critical reviews from this era were like this song is a lesser version of this song like like right. technologic is a less version of harder, better, faster, stronger, or like whatever. Like this is, this is their something about us of this record. I think uh, like a down tempo yeah. kind of like sad love ballad. I think, it's funny
2: though. This is more compelling than something about us, and it's just it's just like a good indie rock song. I, and notably, I, from what
1: I know of Daft Punk fans, that is going to be an incredibly divisive statement I because bet, cause they
2: love something about Daft us. Daft Punk
1: fans love something About Us. because that's
2: got us. all the things that like Daft Punk heads love. This yeah. like super produced glossy vocoder. Yeah. I whatever. think this is a great just like just it's a group. indie track
1: again. Not a ton of movement. Just. Gimon, you're saying Make notably. Oh, it is like, notably, it's a pretty yeah. It's like a pretty notably pretty,
3: like, one of the only times I can think of where we get a clear shot. I and mean, yes, it's lo-fi, and yes, there's a lot of reverb, but it's not robotic. There's not a robot effect on the voice. No. All right, this, is, uh, this which is I can't a... think of another example of Steam that Steam
1: machine. Really, <laughs> the but, song we just heard. <laughs>
3: but but I mean, like like in a this you is know divorced yeah. from this dance is, music. This completely. is not dance yeah. music though. This um, is a, and then
1: and then everything like. Uh, um, Ram is entirely like other than their robot vocals. I mean, their vocals specifically. Their vocals. I, I yeah. mean, Th- yes, this we, we, feels we've heard as
2: far from dance music as anything they put out.
1: Yes, it's got yeah. the
2: little like drum machine in the background. It sounds like a
1: demo, it is of a, a different band. It's you a know? good like hypnotic bass line, but it's yeah. not like a dance bass.
2: This sounds like, like, when you hear if you listen, I don't know, if you listen to fucking like Death Cab for Cutie, yeah, demos they have all the songs you like, but they just have like a little drum machine. Cause it's yeah. them recording it at their house. With a I cassette. mean, I, this sounds like a demo of a different band's big hit song. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: it really does. It's a I, good track.
2: Yeah. What
1: it is? Um, making love. Is it here to stay? Is make is making love here to stay? Is making there love are, there are, uh, there are people online that, um, swear that Katy Perry ripped, ripped this song off, but I could not, I didn't put it in here cause I, could not hear the similarities between the truck that they were saying shout out to me stage driving to katy perry at warp tour hell yeah good job track six the brain wash up
2: Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. Aside Back. from <laughs> yeah, aside from the the Para One remix of uh, Human After All that ends up on Alive 2007 this that sound is maybe my favorite contribution to like
1: i love that driving like that, that the drums underneath um it. yeah the, the high drum right <laughs> yeah i like the the like yeah. vocal bass i that is so
2: good that um, um this is this
1: this is a a real highlight on the album for me this rocks. this 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 track doesn't get enough love. Uh, it does not get enough love in uh, the yeah, overarching. They don't. Um. They the the vocal sample from this uh, is highlighted uh, a lot in Alive two thousand seven. But mm-hmm. like that like industrial noise. Yeah. We get a little bit of it in there, but that that like that they don't that play very long. Groove. I I love this track
3: and I overlook this track way too much. Uh. It, it is it is one of the standouts. and yeah. you've talked about
2: this conceptually a lot. What, what, like it's not like what if people are getting brainwashed it's what if i washed someone's brain yeah this is not
1: about brainwashing this is about washing washing
2: your brain. someone's <laughs> like Hand, like, wringing out a brain yeah, with your yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. Like, over one of those, like, washed up brain washer. Like, one of those, like,
1: ridged uh, pieces yeah. of metal. <laughs> Just scraping. yeah, your, your brain. In, like, I an like thinking about it like that. <laughs> yeah. I really like this thinking is, about it This like that. Yeah, this is not about brainwashing. This is about washing, washing a brain. A brain. <laughs> uh Absolutely. So, um, the intro, um, it, a, a lot of people online say that it samples Black Sabbath's Iron Man, um, but we saw that big long quote from Tomas earlier, and I think that this is really an example of um, a a recreation and a re like an inspiration from a specific yeah. point. But let's just hear the two of these together. So this is uh, this is the beginning of Black Sabbath's Iron Man. Uh, and then this is the beginning of Brainwasher. Oh yeah. So it's it's a jumping off point. That's I've not never, a sample. I've
2: never thought about the Brainwasher like that, but. It is cool that they tried to recreate like a guitar dive bomb with a whammy bar as yeah. a synth. You know, like yeah. that's
1: that's it sounds almost like a dive bomb. Yeah, they, that's, like, but that's they, cool that they did it. That was not a sample. They out they I think they very clearly m- created that noise themselves. Yeah. But I think that's also a very clear jumping off point for them for this for this song.
2: It's very cool. Like a lot of synthesis historically has been in the interest of recreating things we know, right? Like a, a lot of synthesizer shit we listen to on the dance end is sound design and beeps and boops. But a lot of synthesis is like, how do we make this computer sound like a trumpet? So people can play trumpets on yeah. their keyboards. It's very cool <laughs> when they decide how can we with synthesizers recreate a noise, Black you know, yeah, that's yeah. very cool. I like that.
1: And I think that that's part, like they've talked to like, like we, we credit when we sampled, but we also take pride in the fact that we can recreate yeah. stuff by ourselves by just plugging weird knobs into other shit. Yeah, like, let's try and make. Let's
2: make that wow. Yeah, with the synth. Yeah, very cool. I think
1: like because it's not easy to do no. when you're like like redirecting synths into another thing and then plugging a whammy pedal yeah. into that thing. Like it's hard to do, and they're yeah. like yeah. So I, I mean, think they the take idea- pride in, in the fact that like they will obviously make it known when it is a sample, but they will also defend themselves like that w- that was that That's was a a, look what we can do yeah look yeah. what we did here the
3: idea too that you know if you know a guitarist and you know what amp they're playing through what pedals they have set up in what order which is pretty pretty available information it's not that hard to recreate you know a guitar sound or whatever that is iconic to someone and I think it's cool to say that is what we're going to try to create with all of these other opportunities because it is at that point it is not stealing or ripping off it is a nod it is a nod to something again that they like and I like to see that they still are doing that stuff now uh, in human after all
2: the Um, other thing we have had these long in-depth conversations about their influences for homework and for discovery and for ram and all these artists and all these people they name check this episode would be four hours long if they had done press because they have whether it's black sabbath or whatever it's they have metal. like 40 there's 40 artists that yeah. they love or whatever records they were listening to that if they had they, said more of them out loud we'd be like oh duh
1: they they each record has a very obvious um, Nostalgic Creative Influence Behind it Their House music record Their Glam pop Synth pop Record This is their Hair metal record And then they Hard rock 70s Yeah Hard right. rock yeah. Hair is. metal Just Heavy metal Shit They like Like 70s 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 metal shit and then they come back with their quintessential disco but if but if they had done the
2: press like we're talking about it we know black sabbath because this is so one-to-one yeah but if they had done press and named the artists this would be a different conversation because we would be like oh duh the prime time of your life is them thinking about this person we just don't have the
1: Uh, that's why, like again like they they're Never gonna make a record together again. Um, but what would have what would have been the inspiration point for the next thing? A good we Charlotte, got- Blink One Eighty Two, Dookie, their take on pop punk. Yeah, God. this is Daft Punk's take this on pop is punk. Daft Punk, Daft Pop, Daft, pop Daft punk. punk.
2: They this is their interpretation they, of American Idiot.
1: They they named their they named their fifth studio album Daft pop Punk. Daft Punk, Daft Pop Punk. Daft Pop goes punk. Da- <laughs> Uh all right. <laughs> That's enough of that riff. That God. makes me makes me mad even thinking about it. <laughs> Track 7 on off. We're getting a clip
3: of
0: it? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's big. 30
3: million. <laughs> <So pick> it's <laughs> big.
1: Why play a clip when we could do the whole I goddamn track? I like that track. track. I All do of like that track. the bits
2: are funny.
3: I would love to yeah. know what every single uh, one of uh, these is. Uh, there's um there
1: there's one that that's like this is 2005. Like Facebook's not a thing yet and there's one that's like thousands of hits like they're already thinking about people being consumed with getting attention on
2: MySpace was huge then. MySpace the most was... important thing in my life was how many plays yeah. my band had on Absolutely.
1: MySpace. Absolutely. Um this is the shortest Clip song that punk ever produced is 19 seconds, and like, I heard they cut it down from from 34 minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah, it was it was
2: like a longer, and it like moved and stuff. But they were like, yeah. let's like strip it back.
1: Um, uh, they actually
2: spent like 11 of the 14 days on, on this, this, and it ended up just being a few seconds yeah. of it, it. Really,
1: it really kind of consumed them for a while. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, um, they, this kind of this is highlighted a lot in some like the negative reviews, like. It's been f- almost five years. We're getting ten tracks and this is one of them. Yeah, it, it, but I mean, it launches into I
3: mean it's it's it, it's for me it feels like like you were about to say, I think it feels more of an intro to television rules of yeah, the nation. Because it's it the sound is. of a so an old TV dial, right? Is that's yeah, what we're yeah. hearing, a so, clicky
1: TV dial. Actually, interestingly, there was a video produced for television rules the nation that was never released to the general public there's it's online now um and um there's rumors that it was shown on japanese television but i don't know if that's true uh but there it includes this yeah. as the beginning and there's like the tv and like the daft punk logo comes on and like the tv switching and there's all sorts of like weird kind of disconcerting images on it Uh, And then the screen splits into four squares and we get the robots playing instruments again, like in the robot rock video. Yeah. But it's very, it's very psychedelic because there's four squares of it happening at once. That's awesome. It's very cool. I they I don't know if there was a plan to release a fifth single off the record and they just scrapped it because it wasn't going that well. Yeah. Or or if they were just or if they were ready to move on. I don't know. But um uh we could maybe share a link on our, our social media. Yep. Um the, the on off part of the video is very cool. I bet it is, yeah. It's a very I mean it's a it's a I like I like on off as a
3: track. I, I mean <laughs> I I do. (laughs) What? I do. I think it fits. I don't think it's out of place at all. My dream
1: of this now is that we do, at the end, we do like a retrospective. Like, we're all going to release. We're all going to make our own top 10 Daft Punk tracks, and this makes the cut for you. No, I just – I think it it really –
3: Again, I think it fits in the album very well. I mean, it, it wouldn't fit in Discovery, it wouldn't fit anywhere else. I, I mean, if there's a place in, you know, I think it's in the right place for something it's like a, that. I think a, it's a choice to make it a you know, it, did they make it a 10 song album because they wanted it to be a 10 song album? Was this originally just an intro to It television? should have been, who knows. Yeah, should I mean, be I, been I been think been it is. An it's an the, in the same too, way yeah. that we say Alive is the closer on Homework, you know, like yeah. it is. And you know, there's just stuff that they wanted to put places and I think this is one of those right. things that fits
2: I got um, we'll touch on the next track one of my qualms with the album is that the messaging seems so like uh, kind of like sophomoric and heavy-handed like TV rules the this nation. is their
1: teenage album
2: but what I'm also realizing now that I've I know this is, has been a 70s metal album and and they're you know whatever but after you talk about it in terms of black sabbath and as we go into television rules the nation i think the other component that they take from their influences in that is that anthemic like chanting like school's out for the summer (laughs) you know like i you know whatever whatever it is those 70s like like stadium chant metal that's what that is like television rules the nation it is dumb and it is simplistic. Robot Rock, Steam. Machine. Robot Rock, yeah. It's yeah. just like these are supposed to be things you're Prime supposed to time pump of your fist life, and live say it, it a, All, a, I, the whole thing is that. Yeah, you're, mean, supposed it's, to, it's, you're supposed to you're supposed to pump thing. your fist and say it like you would at a yeah. fucking Sabbath concert or you whatever. Are. It's yeah. it I, I it always I don't know lyrically it seems so dumb to me, but that's yeah. that's part of the genre they're they're playing with here.
1: Well, let's go into uh, um, what on-off uh, intros. Track eight Television Rules the Nation. Mm-hmm. This is this to me is the quintessential. Um, thing that holds this album back from being transcendent is that this song, like many others, doesn't move anywhere. Like, we get it, we get the groove, and we understand it, and it doesn't develop and evolve from there.
3: Yeah, but... I, we've said it and we'll say it again as the bones for what we get in a right. couple of years. And this that, is and one that, of the yeah, best moments
1: that, in all of Daft Punk. In my I opinion, cannot, is I cannot hear the this. version of this song we get later. I cannot he- like in my brain, I cannot hear this track and not want the, the, a yes. live 2007. It is version very of
3: difficult it. to 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 divorce this from that in yeah. my brain as well. This become this song because it is it is my, it's one of my yeah. all time favorite yeah. moments in live music in music
1: just in general yeah. is Television Rules the Nation that whole it becomes part. it becomes legendary yeah. and you hear this stripped down thing and you're like, look at what they did with this. Yeah,
2: yeah. I would love to have heard an interview cycle. I about know, this man. Because like, yeah. I want to hear what their influences are for this. Because yeah. you can, I can't pinpoint it. I can't I either. think it. I think it's that feeling of pumping yeah. your fist at a rock concert and yelling something back at the stage. We're all I saying this think... like dumb anti-authoritarian yeah. thing,
1: you know, like. But that does that doesn't that doesn't divorce you from the ability to show like to move your track at all. I honestly think that. If they were like, let's do this in six months instead of six weeks, there would have been a lot more richness to. Like, yeah. they, I they have they all, have all have the pieces.
2: Moved, I think they could have moved this more in six weeks. They have than all they the did. pieces,
1: and they, um, there's like all of the bones to everything are here, and then they take this and synthesize all of the best parts of it and present it in a live 2007 in an incredible way, and and it like. Like we talked about, like it makes me appreciate these songs way more, but that doesn't mean that I revisit "Television Rules the Nation" as a singular track.
2: This all one's, that often. This one's at one fifteen BPM. Yeah, this one doesn't sound much different, faster, but it's 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 right there. It's right there. It's right, there. It's right there.
3: It's got all of it. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know what's funny about this one too? This song was uh, we
1: talk about how this is not a DJ album. This song was featured on DJ Hero. Uh, yes. Which is and funny. and which is something that a lot of people point to as another example of how the bones were there because um this one and I believe um te- this is television rules of the nation and I believe steam machine were remixed on DJ Hero. Uh, and those are some of people's favorite um, Daft Punk moments is uh, the DJ Hero versions of this stuff. Because when, is, they, when does that come out? I believe DJ Hero was like... Cause
2: 2005 is probably height of Guitar Hero credits.
1: Yeah, DJ Hero came out when I was in college. I probably 2008 or 2009. Okay. That so yeah, out. during this... Not
2: not far off of this album cycle.
1: Not far off of this album cycle. Um, I was going to say, what, I had, what
2: other era does Steam Machine end up on DJ Hero? Yeah, you know? I
1: had... Uh, I, I had DJ Hero. It was very fun. <laughs> it was, and then like you got to unlock them at the end. It was like like the ultimate thing you could do is like unlock um, Daft Punk to play as them. It was great. But yeah, I uh um I just this song. There's a lot of unfulfilled potential in a song like this, where like all of the parts are there, and it just doesn't move the like the way that we want. Like think about think about the circular rhythm of around the world and and how you can well televisions are famously a square
2: that's right true. so around the world the world's a circle yeah you can see why but, the, squ- the square yeah. also you can't
3: move around it to- like worth pointing out we've been doing this podcast for twice as long now as they worked on this album so like, yeah, I mean that's what I mean. Cra- yeah, I, I agree with you, but but again, like they wanted to be inside Th- yes. that cage. This is and, what they right? wanted. So this is what they wanted. Long
2: this album, they could be as good as, as us. Good as <laughs> podcast.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I mean that's that, I, that's kind of I mean yeah. maybe not. Maybe we're we're at one point five. But know like what you mean. I guess my point my point is like again that's that's the parameter they wanted to give yeah. themselves, and that's what they did. And like this is where where we where we acknowledge some of the cool noises what, and cool ways that they came up
1: with stuff that's the other side of that coin is they also lose what i'm that. also what I, what by this point in the album what i'm also start what's also starting to sink in when you listen to it top to bottom yeah. just this is a piece is there are other things they let sit and marinate and they were written at different points in their life yeah. and they had different perspectives so each song has a different identity and a different emotion and a different yeah. rhythm. This was all crammed together in two weeks. They wrote all of this in two weeks and then mixed it for four. Yeah. So all every song has the same identity yeah. and vision and motion. Right. So so um, there's no there's no emotional movement on the record. At, it, that's like a, discovery that's is an a interesting
2: journey. Point. If you could select. Two weeks of your perspective yeah. to commit to an album. Yeah, can you imagine
1: it being this two weeks, this great? Yeah, that's a
2: wild thing. That's you, a sad. But like the other, so, so they were
1: going through something, and they picked a sad yeah. moment for for them to pick two weeks out of their life and and do something. uh uh and and so, it's like something as vast and interesting as discovery picks. Interesting moments from from over two years of their lives and synthesizes it into a journey. This is this is a window into two weeks of these guys' lives. Yeah, and and it and it starts to feel like that after a while. It does feel the emotional range of this album does not move. So so every every song is dealing with the same idea and and the sameness of the emotional. Uh, level of the album starts to wear you down after I a while. I
3: totally agree with that. But I think also to to, you know to take like like we really enjoy music that is has 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 like, you know, a positive outlook on the world because we're people trying to have a positive outlook on the world right now. And I think that reflects a lot. And I think also to go back to Discovery. Um Discovery, yes, we have the the years worked on it. But also the years are nestled between two very very positive songs that were the starting point of that in too long and one more time you know those are made in 98 so the framework is not only this this vast range of time that they're working on this album but it's this range of time button hooked by the two Romanthony tracks which set the tone for that entire album Mm -hmm. um and, and so it almost has the opposite of this. It has the outlook that's ever-present through Discovery is a very positive one where they're collaborating with somebody that they love to work with, creating two of the best songs well, that,
1: ever so made or whatever. that's the only thing, right, is they don't collaborate no. with anybody Can on Can you this? imagine if we get
2: a version of Human After All where mm-hmm. they do this, but Romanthony sings on one of the tracks?
1: Where he he's the one singing uh, <laughs> television. He's he just does it, that, but that just like, song,
2: <laughs> and he's like, television!
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that'd we be crazy. A television. <laughs> 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 that um, is, like we didn't talk about it on the Discovery album. Your favorite episode? Noise? My, fav- are, my, your my favorite. I know. your favorite noise. Favorite I'm aware of your favorite noise in music. Is in the middle of his like refrain mm-hmm. when he goes. Stop. And When you do it When we're listening
2: to it You do a little pump Where you're like You like do a festive yeah. pump your That's hips. one
1: of the best it's Great One of the best moments In music history Where he's like One more time um, Do you
2: think it's one of the best Music and, uh, moments In music off. history Is on off With, on a, on with on. a bullet On off with a bullet Number one with a bullet baby
1: On off uh, Track nine Track nine Techno logic. it Use Break it Fix it Crash it it, melt it, melt it, 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 part it, it Press it, snap
4: it Work it.
3: Yeah, this song, uh, after oh I, I, I got best, uh, best gonna, of the singles, I think. we're going to yeah. say this over and over again today. We have already, which is, I wish they would have done more press because this, this, the quote that you did read about, house is about recreating blah 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 that's this song that's this song is the thesis the, the realized yeah. thesis of that point he was making that you I read earlier
2: i don't get the vocals i want to understand how they did that because it's I not have, a sample there's
1: no there's no they have never said any with where the, did it come from vocoder, how did they record it What the it vocoder is not, yeah what the way a
2: vocoder works is you I say put, something into a microphone right and then you play a note on a keyboard on a synthesizer, and it plays what you're saying at the pitch of the synth. But this, th- it sounds too clear. You can hear the syllables yeah. too well for it to sound like the vocoder they use. I
1: put so much research time into trying to figure out: is it a computerized song, like voice? How they did the song? How they recorded that? How uh, um, where the idea for the? video came from there's nothing I it could not really human inflections I yeah. bet they spent a huge
2: chunk of the four weeks of mixing doing this so if this you're is out the
1: there track. if you're out there and you're listening to this and why would you be uh, three hours in <laughs> uh um we I, I want to know more about uh, the filming of this video and the recording of the vocals of this track, I could not find more. I, I, I got some. Because like... uh so if you know if you know anything out there about technologic specifically, please email info at alive2021.com.
3: I I, I don't know, man. I, I part of me lists because I, I listen to this thinking the same thing. And I, some of my brain says, Are we overcomplicating it? Is there just a, you know, is there a right combination of transposing and pitch shift or pitch shift on a, a clean vocal or something like it that you know it because it sounds so clear. it sounds so clear yeah, it does but. it does not sound like a vocal or does not sound like like a lot of the the heavy vocal effects but could it be pitch shifted and transposed i mean could it, it could be? Be. because that could and it could it just be them i, I mean i don't know the other part of the be, song it could
2: be very simple it is burned into my brain from like an itunes or ipod commercial or something yeah
1: it was on an it was on an itunes commercial at a time when i was watching some of the most it was also it was also on the oc they uh they played this song on the oc i was not watching the oc at this time were you not i was was obsessed 2005 i thought that was very uncool i I thought it was very uncool too
3: we would not have been us two would have been against you at this point in time fine
1: Fine, <laughs> you are. But I'm you know, older you than you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. older. you were also guys. not as fired up about Daft Punk at this time. Um, no, yeah, not. Yeah, uh, uh, so uh, you. No.
2: This was. I'm from this was, I'm this from the is, least cool place so in the world. So this is some it's true. The OC part, like in the back of your brain, part of a formative Daft Punk experience.
1: Very well could be. Um, so that's how
2: we all got into <laughs> um, uh, Imogen Heap, right? Imogen Heap.
1: Boom, yeah. what you said yeah yeah uh the that second this was the second single off the album technologic uh was a moderate success and charted in seven countries uh number one in the uk dance chart um and i i think it's safe to say like just like charting of the singles it was highest in uk it, everyone like and it, it makes sense because like i feel like the dance rock aesthetic is just gonna play better in the uk than anywhere yeah. else like of everything that they've ever done, this was the thing that France as a country did not respond to as well. This is the and, most
2: successful iteration of the bass wah digital yeah. synthesized mouth noises too. Yeah. yeah. This sounds so, great on there in yeah. a way where it sounds a little more like the, and then cringy. That, that like boom boom. Yeah. That
1: that is undeniable. On top of everything like that this that 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 noise ties this wreck that this song together into this being the the best idea of a single Yeah, this i would record. say
3: that this track is the most fully realized track on yeah. the album and i think it's pretty i mean i mean i don't know i think that that that's pretty I, I so
2: i truly venture that they spent a lot more time on the production of this in the mixing stage than they yeah did I, could, I could and
3: like the question also is did you know what? What in what order did they make these songs? Is the question because sure. the other thing could be if they made the songs in the order th- as presented or whatever that they could just know best how to use everything that they've messed oh, around yeah. with at That's this point. point because this is the last
1: one before the closer if which I been... think the
3: closer stands on its own as as an a separate thing just like I will say
1: about every other so, Death Punk um, album. So, um, um, do you guys watch the video for this? I, yeah. I yes. So. Uh, the video for this song was the genesis for the idea uh, of of uh, Alive two thousand seven. Yes, um, they they again they directed this video, and they enlisted their help uh, the help of their friend Tony Gardner to uh, to. Um, designed the robot was the
3: gen- was the genesis of the idea for the specific live show as it turned out, or was the so genesis here, of the idea for a live
1: show? Because so that's a good question. Here's a here's a quote from uh, Gimon. He said, "In the technologic video, this little robot is in the pyramid, and we thought it'd be funny to have the two of us in a bigger pyramid." <laughs> Man, that so. is
2: that's that's a, this, I There are that's a lot of times where I don't connect a- with them. Yeah, right now I connect. With I them. absolutely. What if I, we were in a pyramid? I,
1: like when I when I the uh, the pyramid and everything. I like I, seeing this video. I was like, oh, they were thinking about the idea of that for a long time. No. No. Wouldn't no. it be funny if we wouldn't were in Wouldn't it a, be funny? <laughs> like, we had that gross little robot with braces in this pyramid. Wouldn't it be funny if, if we, we were in a any time, were any pyramid? Anytime
2: any of their ideas come from wouldn't it be funny, I'm like, oh, yeah, I <laughs> yeah, connect with them. Absolutely. Sometimes I feel very divorced from yeah. what they do, and I'm just speculating, and- looking in, sometimes I'm like, oh, I get what it's like. It's, to be like, oh, no, we're robots now and having to sell It's the same that.
1: thing as, like, us being like, wouldn't it be funny if we lit Nick Cage's Stunt, stunt Double eye Fire, fire. <laughs> and, we, and we spent so much time and energy and money making that happen? Gimon was like, that video we shot was really fun. What like, everybody... Spent the rest of our career inside it? <laughs> everybody hated that disgusting little animatronic puppet we made. Would if? Wouldn't it be funny if we were in the place we would, of where that and disgusting. We were in there? If like we, it was just what if bigger? we were in a big pyramid? I and wish we got because it's the same thing. It's got the little hat. Yeah. On no, top yeah, of it's, it. it's the, it's the same, same thing. The, it would be crazy thing.
2: for if they had done one more tour to figure out whether they would have been in a smaller or bigger pyramid than they were in 2007. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be really. The funny if they were in, the, in a littler pyramid, a tinier pyramid.
1: <laughs> that that pyramid was 20 a feet bigger tall. Daft Punk I mean, in what if they a smaller what if they, just, what if they just did? They were like that pyramid was 20 feet tall. This next one, it's, like, like groovier stuff. What if we're just in, like, a 14-foot <laughs> pyramid now? What? It's actually in an 11-foot pyramid.
3: What, um, We've shrunk again, the pyramid down to groove This harder. makes me feel, again, like the void of the no press really sucks. Because that makes me, again, question how much of the live show did they have in their mind when they were were working on these tracks specifically. So in the context of these tracks, we talk about, like, you know, were these the bones for something they had already envisioned? And now, again, I'm second guessing that thought being as fleshed out as I think it is. I
1: actually don't know how much they've ever talked about that specifically, how much uh, uh, they knew about that with this in mind yeah i uh, i don't know i i i've got a couple weeks to research that moving forward we might have more in, that would be but, great but yeah. i can't wait to talk about a live 2007 you and me both, brother. Um, this video uh it was written and directed by daft punk it reportedly cost four million dollars <laughs> That's the that what I, that's the I, cost
2: of Interstellar. Uh, uh,
1: it's insane. The Guinness Book of World Records lists Michael Jackson's "Scream" as the most uh, expensive music video of of all time. That was seven million. I can't confirm that number, nor can I confirm the fact that the animatronic puppet is believed to be um, the the puppet from the Seed of Chucky with. <laughs> My <laughs> uncle actually
2: works at Nintendo, I'll ask so, him. Uh, same so energy. Al-
1: Alterion, Alterion um the same time that this was happening, uh produced all of the animatronics for the seed of Chucky. And and it is very like there's a lot of places online that say that this is just the seed of Chucky puppet with no skin on and like that braces added and stuff. So I I cannot confirm it, but there's a lot of places online that say that that is true. Um, so, uh, uh, My and uncle it's all it's all comes from the
2: cheat codes <laughs> to get like an uh, extra Pokemon you haven't even heard of. But I actually can't the, does, you, the, I can't.
1: the Daft Punk there's a Daft Punk specific wiki page, and the the page for Technologic has some amazing behind the scenes photos of the boys directing this video it's like it's like tomas in a uh, um, sleeveless t-shirt like uh darren's wearing right now just like contemplatingly looking over a screen and he he's like this with his hand in his chest and he's not wearing any sleeves and he's looking at a tiny screen where that disgusting little puppet that's all you can see and he's just like really a, seriously considering it it's I'm very a, funny I,
2: there are a bunch of eras where i would have liked to have met or chatted with these guys. Not I don't that, want to be around them Yeah, I don't this. think... Uh, they yeah, would have been, like... They,
1: they, it does not seem that they were having fun in this era. They, they very quickly after this, they start to have fun again, I think. But in these couple years, it doesn't... Like, Electroma is not fun. No. This record... there's a lot of interesting stuff and some really good grooves and everything. This is not a fun album. This was an
2: exercise in joylessness, and we find grooves in spite of it.
1: They write grooves because
2: that's what they do. They can't help it. But this was not an exercise in
1: joy. I think the most most endearingly cute moment in any of the Human After All stuff is after this weird thing where – Daft Punk is like subserviently playing bass guitars for this little disgusting robot it like in a pyramid. You cut to a moment where the, the robot is watching himself on TV and he wants to be up there controlling the pyramid. And then both Tomas and Guiman hold his little hands. So the puppet reaches out like this and in the video Tomas and Guiman both grab his hand and they're just watching, they're just watching the, the, the technologic video together all holding hands. That's very cute. (laughs) Yeah. What are they thinking about? (laughs) What are they, what are they thinking about? Uh, track 10, emotion. emotion emotion it's a it's a um these guys are good at album closers they're the best you
2: know what this does makes me think that they can play with the tempo of stuff digitally yeah because i for a second i I thought that 2005 they weren't going to be able to do that and that's why doing that stuff at 92 beats per minute was so interesting but this is them this is not a different sample of this this is just a a, a lot of that jump. wet
1: splat sound, yeah. though, it's is a,
2: it's it's just the same slowed down yeah. shit as as the previous track. I
1: I I loved I love this song. The only thing that I wish that it had was a big crescendo instead of I it don't fades know. out at the end. I
3: I kind of like I, I I thought that the first time I re-listened to this this weekend, but I I'm in the camp that I think that this song takes. What many people criticize as the flaw of this album—the repetitiveness and the droningness—and finds a way to make it a, a like a, a human emotional pulsing thing. And I think, like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I did. I had the exact same thought. I wish it did something and then stopped. You know, but it doesn't. It does. It fake goes I love. I, I love, up, big, I love the build.
1: I love the build. Um, I wish that there was again. Give this a couple months of gestation. Yeah, there would have been a crescendo. There would have been L- something. Listen to sure. all of the like they. These guys are masters of the closer. Yeah, master. They lo- every, like, every closer is perfect. Uh, uh all four. this this is one of the highlights of the record, but but then they fade out the track at the end, and that that um reduces the effect. This is notably one
3: seventh of the entire track yeah.
1: track time. I'm sorry, one one fifth. Yeah. Nope a
3: little bit less but some but i mean it's a something. huge proportion of that it's, it's, it's one something it's a 7 minute song it's a 7 <laughs> yeah. minute song and a on a 40 minute album, minute album. Yeah, yeah it's 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 so one whatever um yeah i i i think that like this song i feel like if anything can be found as an optimistic moment it's it's this song. I like pro- that they yeah, did put this. I at would the agree
1: end. with that with you. Like uh, yes. I do not agree on the the optimism of prime time of your life. I I said like this. There's think, a there's a touching, cute little let me, moment. I at thought the end a little bit. This. I'm gonna adjust my claim. I think
3: cli- prime time of my life. It, it, prime time of your life is a flawed optimism i think i think is what right. it's like it's like a, it's what, like a what I was demented optimism earlier is or like whatever.
2: it's not you're, not you're not you're not believing what you're saying it's saying this yes. thing like it's all sunshine but you're saying it like, like pleasantville style yeah. like pleasant like pleasantville the style. the prime time of your life is now live it yeah but yeah. it's like but it's right. not oh, that's a like, crazy right. person yeah. saying it
1: yeah it's not a, it's not an optimist it's not a flawed optimism it's, just like, it. it's like trying to be optimism optimistic in the face of this just disgusting reality yeah the The reality of that song is it's it sounds it's ups, like it sounds like a stomach ache. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a it
2: sounds like a group yeah. who's that's their hit single and they're tired of playing it cause yeah. they know it's not true. It, sounds, so it starts yeah. out with this like the prime time of your life is now live it, and I've, then it just gets all been, more been there. Grim. I mean like it's like watching a it's like the scene. I
3: mean there's a scene of that. I mean there, that is a scene in Interstellar of them yeah. just playing yeah. the same song over and over. I mean so we know that that idea is on their we've mind. All, it's we've that all same had
1: like we've all gone to like a a party and had a stomach ache and been like i can not I, I just got here i can't leave yeah i got to pretend everything's fine that's that song yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah, me, i'm yeah, having a, a great At tigers time. opening day yeah. 2016 i'm having a great time <laughs> yeah
3: but I, I don't know i i, I emotion I'm emotion deserves. i mean them. emotion is 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 you know like i said human after all sets the tone for this album emotion finds a way to leave yeah. this album in a very optimistic place.
2: Emotion could have been on Discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Emotion this is a song that... This is one of the few Emotion has the bones
3: could've... of something that could be on Ram, too. Yeah. I mean, Emotion is is very much a Daft All the mode.
1: bones. The bones. Again, the bones. Well, All of it's there. Nothing
3: pre-Ram has the... Production quality needed for RAM. Not, not to say anything. Pre RAM is poor, poorly produced. I think RAM is just a perfectly produced album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Not>
1: like <laughs> it's produced in a in an in a entirely, different way. Yeah. an entirely, it's the best. wildly, revolutionarily different way right. than anything. Yeah. They Apple spent
2: ever. zero dollars on three records and then spent two million dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean,
1: we'll get so deep into yeah. RAM, uh, uh, even but matter. that's human after all. That's human after um, all. I, I like. I, this is my favorite band. This is my least favorite record that they did i i'm not saying that they that i don't like it i i there's some really great moments on this this is the one i revisit the the least uh um and every time i do uh when i listen to it top to bottom the sameness of it from top to yeah. bottom uh drags me down this- that, that like that that is overarchingly the 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 most disappointing thing about and this record is the sameness top to bottom. I,
3: I think that this album, I originally was gonna say this album lacks the cinematic nature that I want in an album, but I don't think that that's true after thinking about it and listening to it a few times. I think that this has the cinematic qualities of like we were talking about earlier, of like a Tron, where it's just it's too extended and 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 you know like that t- It's by design, I think, but it's it's not. I had mentioned it to you guys earlier before we recorded too. I feel the same way. of Of the four I, main entries, this is my my least I, favorite. It's not that I don't like it. This is the only one that I have will sit down to listen to top to bottom, and I'll end up skipping. A this is songs. the difference between the only an, one
1: an A plus and an A minus. <laughs> um, no, I, I no, That I, being I, said, I me I, me I, I um, desperately wish that they would have given themselves more time because there's a lot of stuff on here that or, I...
2: or that the six weeks that they selected with which to record an album was a different headspace. Was a different headspace. I would love, because I would love, like when they're on top of the world, if they had spent six weeks doing an album, it could be their best. Right. I
1: love that. I love that idea. What if, what if in, what if in October, what if in, uh, in in January of 2002, they did this? Right. What if that, that would have been They they, Like they obviously were a, a little bummed out at this point and they, Gave themselves a short window to make something during which they were bummed out. Yeah, what if it was happier? What if – like, what if uh, uh, – I I very much appreciate this as a window into my two favorite musicians' life in this specific moment. It's just like – it's a bummer to listen to. If the times are
2: bad – you want to minimize them. If the times are good, you want to stretch them out. And with their career, that's what they do. Yeah. You know, the good times they stretch out and the times where it's grim, they condense it. And And I think that the other, the third,
3: the third option of, of like hypotheticals here would be, give us the press to give us the context. We need to understand what the hell is going on and why, you know, because I I think think that this album could be, if seen through a different light, if understanding the influences, like you said, if understanding some of the other, things going on outside of this album what who would like, what give us more context i think that this album could be seen in a different light I, because there there, there is a time that 17 year old me this would have been my favorite daft punk album because there is a person who this type I, of music I, I is what to, i wanted to hear I want to
1: let it known but like uh i'm not saying i don't like this. right album. absolutely uh i'm just saying like uh um what i what i like about daft punk is that they as two musicians uh uh obs- like they they obsess over stuff in a way that we don't get from other acts that make this kind of yeah. music they uh what what why they transcend why they are a thing that has become a legendary uh, act. Why Daft Punk will be talked about by us forever? No, but <laughs> no, why? By why Daft Punk will be talked about in 300 years the way we talk about Mozart now is because they synthesize this stuff into these tiny microscopic moments that make it. Legendarily earwormy music. Yeah. I, and I know you guys scoff at. The, this, these I don't guys, scoff These I... guys are our Mozart. I'm on these board with that. These guys are our that. modern day Mozart. I'm on board with that. I just, I think that. I, and they 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 didn't do that with this record.
3: I don't I but I, but again, you know, I, we we haven't I haven't said this yet today. It's the whole thing. We don't get Alive 2007 and Ram as we love them without this being exactly yeah. how no, it was. But yeah, so, but, so so this, this is, is a two weeks that we needed. This I, is a, an album that
2: I appreciate that if they are like I'm feeling miserable and I feel awful and I have to express it that they chose to do it as I feel like shit, and I I'm sad. Yeah. And I got to express it. Let's get it out and get it done. Yeah, it That's would fine. be different if they had felt this way and spent four years expressing. Right. So yeah. imagine things. the other they side of this. They shit out I'm and they got it done.
3: Imagine yeah. they did. A discovery style thing where they make the framework of the song "Human" after all, and television rules the nation, and that's there too long. And one more time that everything right. else they worked on for what, two yeah, years. What, what is that? This They linger in years. that, that and they rough. yeah. I mean, that would have been an album. I, I mean, I, I probably would. We would be talking about it. We, I mean, they but,
2: expressed but, this because they had to. And yeah, they recognized that. Yeah, let's I get appreciate
1: it, out. it for what it is. Um. Uh. Uh. I am thankful for everything that Daft Punk put out because there's not a ton of it. Um, but you know, it like this in the context of their career as a whole is something that they intentionally rushed to put together and it feels rushed yeah. compared to the rest of the stuff. Yeah. There's there's not as much movement in the tracks. Uh um and and the the stuff doesn't feel as timeless or as uh prescient or as uh revolutionary as anything else they put out and and like i i can appreciate for what it is but it's just in the in the daft punk library it doesn't it doesn't hold up as much and you i mean
3: but but you mentioned it earlier i mean we'll have the hindsight in two years from now it's incredible of, of them revisiting all of this in a way that blows Every every day, and if it,
2: people it, who like have their son get hit by a car, and they're like, "It's actually all part of God's plan." <laughs> <laughs> it's actually God gave me. Tomas, he actually gave me cancer because I'm. He's actually testing me, Tomas, and he meant he wanted me to like. They, like God wrote, um, "Television rules the nation" to test
1: me to see if I'm Tomas, a true. Yeah, I keep on, if you're listening, kill my kid. I, do, <laughs> I love you so much. Yeah, no, we do. We do. Tomas and Gibbon, I love you. Open so. invitation. You're my two favorite. You're my the two favorite people I've never met in the world. <laughs> Open there's a chair in this room. I will just say that perpetually right Perpetually reserved for both of you or one. I of would people. rather I would rather sit down with Tomasa Gimon for dinner than Jesus Christ himself. Hey, Amen. I you agree should, with Someone
2: you. should put together an edit of this podcast where they just change Daft Punk to God, like the words. Sometimes this is
1: so dripping with that. <laughs> I am not. I am not joking around here. Yeah. If given the choice. If somebody said you could have dinner with Tomasa Aguiman or Jesus Christ Himself,
3: yeah, Daft Punk, I would pick Daft Punk. Yeah, I would absolutely pick Daft. Amen. Punk. Amen. I agree with you on that one. I picked the Chemical Brothers. Who cares? <laughs> 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 that's
1: not true. Um, <laughs> Tomasa Giman is not true. It's not true. That's,
3: not true. Uh, that's it. That's, that's human after all. That's that's the the human after all. None of us will pick the Chemical Brothers over oh, you. That's very funny. I would pick the Chemical Brothers in addition.
1: In <laughs> second choice if, yeah yeah in uh in spot of
2: yeah what's crazy that grown men sit around <laughs> thinking about other
1: grown men <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um what if i had to pick between jesus and my jesus chemical I, brothers I of
3: daft Punk, who no,
2: would so with?
1: so the um i i i don't not like anything that they ever put out right but of their studio stuff this is this is the this is the least yeah. realized and the least full of them,
2: and it's the most frustrating because all of the yeah. stuff you want is and it's right all in front there. You. you can hear
1: yeah. it all, and then and now knowing what they do with it, you can hear it in its fullest yeah. way.
2: And uh, yeah, I guess yeah. it is. It, it is the hindsight
1: is it, what taints it.
2: I I do think I don't know. It it, it feels like they are saying these group these are the groups we put together in six weeks. I. It doesn't feel like they're saying this is the final version. They're like, we're gonna play with these yeah, grooves I later. I fully
1: appreciate. I love the idea. I I think that's an interesting point you made that they or, or that they picked two weeks in maybe a dark period of their life to do this. Um, I would love to find a happier two weeks for them to do something similar.
2: It kind of feels like when you have something awful going on. And you're like, I need to talk about this. Yeah. But when I'm done talking about it,
1: I'm not going to talk about it again. Let's yeah.
2: discuss it, and then I'm done. That's what this feels like. It's like, you know yeah. what? I have to express this. Let's but do it really quickly a, and be done with it's it. It's
1: a fascinating look into this sliver of these two genius artists' lives, right? Like, like we we don't ever get this again, where it's like, this, this is a window into these two guys' lives in this specific moment, in this specific year... That never happens again because because their entire the rest of their entire career is defined by uh, the abundance of time. Yeah. Right. Like they yeah. the re- like discovery is an abundance of time. Like we we talked about it in that that album where it was like they avoided the idea of a sophomore slump because they slowed down uh and this
2: is just a fragment of time
1: this is a fragment of time it would be Uh, really crazy
2: if down the line some other people my age were guessing what i was thinking about for two weeks during this i'm i'm their age right i'm yeah i'm i'm 30 in a couple months if a bunch of people were talking into a microphone about
1: what i was up to for two weeks this and honestly like nick nick said he would be surprised if they hadn't heard that w- that this was happening i am i am the other way i think that i would be shocked if yeah. they gave a shit that anybody was talking about them they the don't idea care. of them tuning in would be mortifying they yeah. because they don't care um they like, like i think you know honestly you, it's hard to
2: watch yourself act yeah i i don't like i it's so nice when people compliment stuff it's very hard to hear people talk. i think about they've grown like, more. yeah like, i think critique this critique too i yeah. think yeah.
1: this era of them the the human after all is them grappling with the fact that they've become legends right yeah like like part of it is after two albums these guys had become legends and they were like whatever let's just fart this thing out
2: it's really funny that they like have so much trouble grappling with being legends but they write songs where they're like Let's let's talk Rock. about all of our favorite. Let's talk about all of our favorite DJs and name them in a song yeah. on our major label album. Like they can't grapple with being legends, but when they're excited about being yeah. a fan of something, they write a whole song about it. Yeah, you know, it's like they love Todd Edwards so much they wrote a song about his yeah. music. Absolutely, that's really that's very funny. Um,
1: I I I love these guys so much, and they've never done anything wrong <laughs> in their whole lives. <laughs> not one, not one thing. Um. So uh, at the end of every episode, we all highlight a song that we have dug in the last week. Um, It's a dance music song. Uh, It could be new. It could be old. It could be something that we rediscovered. It could be something that we're just discovering for the first moment. We just want to bring to you some of the dance music that we are currently obsessed with outside of Daft Punk uh, yours is the newest, Darren. so why don't you introduce it? Yeah, I uh, so
3: mine actually came out today the day we we're recording this uh, which is uh, either today or yesterday I'm not actually sure uh, but it's uh, it's uh, Gaspard uh, Auger, uh, half of uh, justice uh, with the uh, his upcoming uh, solo debut is 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 slated uh, in the near future. but this is the the second solo i uh, um, the second single off of that album. it's called hey, point
1: Disco so, Kind of sounds like Knights of Sedona Right by no, no,
2: no, no so,
3: so I want to read a couple quotes Because he, he did give a little quote sure. about this And I really like the uh, One of the reasons I picked it Is one, I, I like the epic fantasy disco kind of Yeah Sound of all of it But I really loved reading uh, his quotes Which is It's music I uh, it's music that can I hope make you travel a bit in your own head This is why I like having no lyrics It makes uh, it, makes it uh, more open for everybody uh, But then um He goes on to say, uh, where, 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 one second here. He goes on to say uh, in a very sincere, uh, it's very sincere in a way, something I really love in music, something that maybe has been lost since the 70s and 80s, is that people were making very genuine music in the sense that there was no cynicism in it. Uh, I really like, at least music-wise, I'm not talking about lyrics, something that is very straightforward in terms of emotion. When you make something cheerful, it's very cheerful. When you make something epic or melancholic, it's very much those things, which I think goes hand in hand with a lot of stuff we've talked about yeah. uh that we like about uh, uh, the daft punk side of things yeah. and, and music in general i don't want to talk about rumors too much
2: but yeah, a I lot know, of right? the internet says that tomas was spotted with Gaspar in la i don't know and... if you can go any more high
1: pitch on this
3: i,
2: I <laughs> don't know
4: but um
1: that, that's like that's like the biggest right a future Daft Punk rumor on the internet right now no is that one... Tomas had some sort of producer role on this yeah. album. I if
3: and and, and song sounds pretty
1: good. I would um I would speculate here that
3: um if indeed uh Tomas and Gaspard spent any time together while Gaspard's working on this, that whether there's a production credit or not I mean, there's no way you don't show Tomas your album yeah. if you have it and you're working on it. Yeah. And there's no way if he hears something in progress, and he says, "Well, oh, maybe do this here or this there," you know. So, yeah. like, who knows?
1: Uh, it's exciting. I- I'm excited. That, that songs that that is, we've talked about about it a lot. Uh, how we are really appreciating this like return to like old school stuff. Yeah. That is very old school sounding. Yeah, and Absolutely. if you haven't uh, if you haven't seen the that strings. check
3: out that video. That video rocks. Yeah. It's a it's a dude on horseback riding through mountains and he sees a violin and a mound of dirt and he grabs it in yeah. full stride and starts playing violin. It's yeah. very very cool.
1: Like there's there's a lot of evidence right now in popular music to suggest that Random Access Memories was a very good starting point for the popular music industry to start looking toward the seventies for a lot of inspiration. I like we talk about again and again, like Daft Punk's influence on pop music writ large right at now, eight years after the fact, there is a lot of evidence to support that like them uh facing back toward disco changed the game and we again
3: we've talked about this uh, you know not to get too deep into to ram talk right now <laughs> or whatever but like we've
2: talked about that <laughs> Devin has
3: started to get very you know, sometimes fed up with when it. i
2: when when the sun rises i say you know what actually daft punk influenced no that but I, I do think though that like uh there's the- when the tide rolls in i say Daft Punk I actually think that,
3: influenced I think that happening, that like, the true through line to that is I think that, Daft
1: Punk every morning for me <laughs> being able to open my eyes. But but seriously, I think
3: the point the point that that that's worth making about that is especially over the last year since yeah. clubs have been closed, a lot of people have been revisiting albums, like just albums and and sets and concepts. You know, and, and as far as concept albums go, Rams absolutely top, top of the, the list of, 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 you know, if you're an electronic music artist or a house music artist or, or really and you're revisiting albums um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have revisited that in a different setting that, you know, not a club setting, you know, like just listen to it. Like we did, we, we've done that. Like yeah. Ram and wine is, is a thing, you know, like that oh, yeah. whole idea of just sit down and, and, and listen wine. to the cinematic piece of, and, 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 you know, maybe it does take, that to you know to yep. to re-inspire some some new musicians and to 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 do this but i'm i'm very excited the the album that's gonna come out is called es- escapades uh yep so ch- uh, check out if you haven't listened to gaspar uh do it
2: no one's as slick as gaspar no one's as quick as gaspar <laughs> no one's neck is as thick as gaspar okay cool yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's from beauty and the beast right yeah. <laughs> No one's neck is, is, is as th- thick. I think that's the real lyrics. I don't think his I made neck, that
1: up. His neck is impossibly thick. Is he's he got, the monster? He's got one of... <laughs> is, is Gaspar the
3: monster? No, Gaston. Gaston is, is the, 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 honk, the hunk. The guy. The, honk. the illiterate. He's the
2: illiterate hunk He's of got the an incredibly thick neck. Yeah. He's one of Disney's most illiterate hunks. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> um, Devin, what uh, you got uh, this week? Uh, I, I got a new one, too. It's by uh, Funkin' Matt, who's a dude... I think he's like Mad Decent affiliated. Um, He's been around for a while, but it's a track from March called Joy, and it, it whips ass. Let's do this.
1: Be with me. Yeah. It does
2: that thing where it pairs like horny female yeah. vocals with like I love you be I with me with like bah, 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 bah. yeah. That that rolling bass stuff I feel like gets uh uh it, it ends up in a lot of genres of music that we're not as interested in. Um but there's a reason it's such a compelling song. Oh, absolutely, you know. I yeah. know it ends up in a that lot hits. of the the beats that, shit that we hits. don't like. But that that like and that kind of thing goes. It, it might
1: not be that might not be something I listen to a lot, like by myself, off, like from my computer in the club. Yeah, that hits like, that, that fucking that, shit hits in that, the club. That
2: bass there. I think the reason I like this song, the reason it stood out to me just when it was shuffling through stuff, is because it has like a shuffle feel yeah. to it. You know, it kind of has this like two-steppy shuffle to it uh and it doesn't feel like this kind of like wall-to-wall you know club it's it's not um it's not a dubstep track and it's not like a bass house track but it's just like a it's just a rolling bass line and kind of a shuffly groove i really love that
1: that's great yeah i'm gonna go with melee uh the song is conga mode from last year <laughs> A lot of my favorite noises. My family begs
2: me one. not to go conga mode. Yeah, they're so <laughs> yeah. worried yeah. I'm gonna go conga like every mode.
1: time I go conga mode at, the, at Thanksgiving. They yeah. I'm out.
2: I'm actually not. That's why I'm not a lot of Thanksgiving. I can't, I can't eat turkey anymore Thanksgiving because I go conga mode. <laughs> like I go conga, conga mode. mode too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, tryptophan makes me go conga mode.
1: Conga, yeah, yeah. Tryptophan has the opposite effect on yeah, me. Yeah, it actually invigorates me. <laughs> tryptophan enrages me. If I'm at the club and crazy. I'm looking
2: for a little bit of tryptophan, it's because I'm ready to party. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I always bring a
1: Ziploc baggie full of of, uh, lunch meat, turkey to yeah, the stuff club. It in just go
2: c- so check me and pat me down because <laughs> I want to go Congo mode. to go mode at the club. club. The only way to do it is <laughs> trip to
1: Van. What do we got next week? Uh, we're going to slow it down a little bit. Uh, we're not going to have as much of a report next week. We're just going to talk about the Human uh, After All remix album that uh, Daft Punk exclusively released in Japan around the time of Human After Alls, but uh, it, it came out uh, worldwide to uh 2014 it's available on spotify if you want to listen along go ahead and listen to it there we're gonna go track by track next week just have some fun and listen to it's the a tunes it's great fucking it's record a great t- i'm very yeah. excited we to also about that i also one. might pull a couple clips from um the fan made remix after all album that's available on spotify because there are some incredible things available on there that might even surpass we can talk about the buster rhymes track. yeah that's yeah, yeah, gonna, treat. yeah we're so blast. we're uh, oh yeah it, it, less, less reporting next week. Just more, just us. Awesome. More, retorting. Yeah. More, Great. Retorting. Less cool. more retorting. More retorting. less retorting. More retorting. Well, on that note, everybody, we will see you
3: next week. Hello,
0: everyone. Alive
3: 2021 nice. is a member of the Planet Ant Podcast Network and was created by Andy Reed, developed by Andy Reed, Devin Roseney, and Darren Shelton, with technical production by Darren Shelton. For more information, please visit alive2021.com.